It's on live. I'll give you a thousand dollars. First of all, we pressed record right before the first one, so thank God. <laughs> Second of all, shout out to Hamza. He's here. The GOAT. Snapshot. We're going to go right into it. From the you old... graduated. Because you graduated. Let's give him a round of applause. Let's right? give him a round of applause. You graduated. Round of applause. Yes, I did. And Mom, so it is straight into How that. does it feel being a high-value man? Bring your mic closer. Mashek. I want to ask my man, how does it feel being a high-value man? I don't believe man? in a high-value man, Arta. Mm. You don't believe in it? No. Because I don't know what it means. The thing is, I feel like once a man becomes high value, inherently in himself, he dismisses that. Therefore, a lot of non-high value men take the characteristics of trying to be It's amazing how he described that after I said that. Yeah. And I really, I can't contribute to this conversation because I'm not a high value man. Um, So It's a subject to Balka, subject to change, man. That's a a bad quote. It's it's a fluid, fluid statement. (laughs) (laughs) It's a non- New in what was the thing you talking non Newtonian fluid? It's a non Newtonian fluid. <laughs> Course, uh, for, I don't know what they say. Uh, yeah, welcome nah, back. To you know what I'm saying? I'll be, I'll be retaining shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? In like 10 years, Hamza is going to be like, Yo, what is this fluid? I'm like, My brother, that's a non Newtonian fluid. fluid. Course, arch. Come on now. Yeah. All right. What's up? Talk to me. What's up? First of all, I have to give you a proper inter- introduction. Yes. Okay. You're, you're a goat. Big goat. You've been on this podcast. <laughs> I believe this is your third time. Third time. Really? No, it's the second time. This is third, third time. time. Because we recorded it one time. With Holland and them. And oh, he, he was on... Um, he was on... Were Sincerely you on with us with, on Sincerely Honest? Right? Yeah, that was the first time, yeah. Okay, this is the first, second time on Ghost Talk. Third time I've had been on a podcast with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like you're probably one of the most precise, calculated individuals I've ever met. Tenacious. And, and in a space where you don't expect it, which is the creative side. Because you don't get a lot of calculated individuals in the creative side. And in, in, in a sense of I'm talking... In where? Like the big, in, in, in the Somali community. Okay, there you that. go. Because I feel like Kanye Autumn had a very calculated method in getting big. Mm-hmm. If True. you watch the show, I would, did watch it. You watched the documentary? Did you watch the documentary? Watch the that was, it's a pretty good documentary. Let's it's talk about the documentary. Rap. Pretty good documentary. But thank you for the kind words, man. You're a Thank goat. you. Thank you. I appreciate you. How, how you feel? How do you? What have you noticed that's different about Minnesota and Ohio? I wanted to ask. Minnesota has a lot of distractions. Mm. I thought you were about to say Minnesota is the best, but yeah, yeah. Minnesota has a lot of distractions. Um, but it's distractions that you can control. Basically, like he's saying there's a lot of beautiful ladies here in Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and his Instagram is Snapshot Hamza. Yeah. Um, no, in terms of um, first of all, uh, shout out to these guys for curating the space. Yes, shout sir. out to my guy Thunder. Yeah, they're and. Shout out to my guy. What was your sorry? I forgot. I have a very terrible memory. <laughs> Hanad is running the audio. And before I do anything, actually, let me let me give a quick rundown of what's happening, guys. This podcast, for the podcast like this to happen in terms of visuals, mm-hmm. a lot of things have to happen. So we have three cameras running. One, two, three for Hamza. Each person has his own camera. Mm-hmm. There's a three light setup going on. This nigga studied our space. Okay. Now there's a three light setup going on. There's a three individual mics on every person. So the editor has to match the audio and the video together. Mm-hmm. They come in different tracks. When you're recording every 30 minutes, you get a new track. So you're doing a different multi-cam sequence. Mm-hmm. I just want to let the know... <laughs> Let the consumers appreciate the type of work you guys are doing. Ma- Yo, first Ma- of all, this Ma- nigga needs to go fire raise. No, no, Ma- for raise, no, bro. Ma's at home like, tell him again, nigga. <laughs> Fuck, I be doing this shit by no, myself. Thunder sitting over there like, I'm saying, gang, hey, this pro- shit hard. Bro, first of all, we Thunder, I love you. Mahad, I love you. Hanad. Hanad is right. running the but audio. Like, uh, but listen, though. Listen. First of all, we ain't even make no money, okay? 
because how you said that, right, came from a context of like, yo, y'all niggas need to ask for money. Right? Mm. Y'all niggas need to ask for some shit. Yeah. Hey, man, yeah. we're not there yet, okay? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so if you can tell these niggas that, yo, it's a struggle with the finance. Tell, first of all, podcast finances, how does that go? So the thing is like with Arta, what you guys are doing is uh, is a media platform, right? So it's a different... Let's go back in time, right? So let's explain what media is. Media is like you're showcasing something. You're providing a value to people that want to watch you. For example, back today, it used to be... Until till today is news. News has always been... You're providing information so your public knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. Now, times have changed. What I would say the first form of media is written. This for the first time in our lives, right? The spoken word is close to or equal to as the written word. The written word has always been supreme. Mm. You study books, you study Quran, you read your Quran, yeah. you study your text and stuff like that. For the first time, now that we have actual stuff that is recording you, the spoken word is coming in terms of value close to that. Now I can go watch a lecture rather than read about it. I can watch a PowerPoint rather than write about it, all that stuff. So... Now, what you guys are doing is you guys are breaking a cycle. The cycle is for me to have a conversation and hear about a conversation, it had to happen through a corporation. Now, you guys are breaking that space. Now, if I want to see a dialogue between Muhammad and Hamza, I can just go straight to Muhammad and Hamza's page and watch it. So you guys are helping break that third barrier. That's what you're doing. And in finances, it's like a lot of businesses are out there. They want to promote their things, but they don't know necessarily how to promote it, which can become a business of its own. You go to people, promote their businesses individually by showcasing their value in terms of your recording ability, your promoting ability. But with a podcast, you have monthly listeners. So you, let's say you have 2,000 listeners a month. Based on that, you go to a client, you say, yo, I have these my listeners. Let me promote your business for 30 seconds. I give you a slot. It's like Super Bowl commercials. They say for 30 seconds, I sell you this amount of dollars. And that's what the value of a podcast has. Does that make sense? See, when I said calculated, I very much so meant calculated. Yeah. Is that, is, do you just take that with everything in life? Like, do you break down? You have to, bro. Because for you to do sp- things that you want to do, Harta, the main reason Harta, that, I, that I have this mentality is, I like in my creative space, if I want to do something, I have to go through A, B, C, D. So I have to know what, what I'm is, doing. What is your creative space? What do you do? Um, let, let folks know. All right, so one of your construction worker. Yeah, I build sets, bro. I build <laughs> sets. a construction worker. Like yeah. he was showing us earlier how how to use tape properly. He's talking about beams and shit. This beam. He's talking about yeah, you need a four by six uh, plywood. But, he, okay, the, but why are you a set builder though? Okay, so first all right, let me let me tell like what I do. So what I do is like I, I create stuff. Like I create content in terms of like first of all, it's, it's a selfish thing. I create for myself. Mm. I create to satisfy Hamza. Mm. And if the public sees it, yes, for sure. Go enjoy. If not, it's okay. If you hate it, you hate it. Whatever it is. But for you to create something, you have to see things as a matter of fact. When I say as a matter of fact is, if I see somebody is doing this, is shooting a commercial for a water bottle, that means he's done it. He's successful at it. I understand. Okay, this thing has a two-light system on it. Has so, a what? Like, for example, for commercials, like, I'm just giving an example. It has two light system on it. It has a green background. So I have to go get a green backdrop, two light system on it. It's a matter of fact. It's nothing, it's not as big as it seems. It's like, you have to see things from that perspective. If I'm recording a set in a barbershop, I know for a barbershop, I need a space. I need chairs. I need a mirror. I need lighting. 
I need uh, mats. I need sinks. I need uh, desks. I need chairs for people to sit in. I need magazines. I need a coat hanger. I need those, the barbershop cuts, all that stuff. That's a matter of fact. You have to see things from that perspective. And you have to do that with all your creative things that you're doing because you're trying to produce something. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So basically, he's a, fil <laughs> he's a filmmaker, guys. He oh, makes, yeah. He makes movies and I'm stuff. I'm a cinephile. I love films, bro. I, 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 I'm, I want to say, like, Alhamdulillah, I discovered what I like to do. Yeah. And I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. I love doing what I do. Is it frustrating at times? 80% of time is frustrating. But the payoff is, like, the instant gratification that you see what you did is, like, wow. I take photos. I take photos and I edit them. I think you do a disservice to yourself if you take a photo and produce it out how it is. I'm not saying you can't do it. There's a lot of people that make money out of that. They're actually professional you know, like photographers. National Geographic. Did you talk about it? Like, yeah. Like, there's certain places where it's frowned upon. Yeah. If you do anything post, because you don't need to. If I go outside, take, uh, go on a mountain range, take a photo of a mountain. What more could you do to that mountain, bro? God is the greatest artist of all. That's why I don't take photos of landscape. Nor do I do landscape of of architecture. I don't. I think those type of spaces are meant to be consumed while you're there. If I'm going to see in a sunset, I might take one for my IG story, but that's just like at the moment. I'm most of the time actually captivated by that. Like God is the greatest artist. When I say that, bro, like I really mean it. I want you to understand like the core values of art actually come from nature. If you look about it, what Photoshop does is, for example, this is the photo aspect of what I do, right? Photoshop has something called the color gradient. So gradient is what shift, for example, the sunset. The sunset shifts from deep blue to deep red. And it happens gradually, right in front of your eyes. That's a gradient. It has been like that for, for how long? But we try to incorporate that into our day-to-day -day aspects, right? When you're painting something or when you're wearing specific clothes, you, like, you want to have that gradient and stuff like that. But it already happens on a day-to-day -day basis because God is the greatest artist. Like you look at any tones of any color right now. Right now, the things that are popping the most in terms of colors of clothing or architecture, anything is neutral tones. Where do neutral, to neutral tones come from? It's nature. The easy tones, the greens are from your grasses. The browns are from the dirt or the stones, right? The chai color are actually from the sand. It's everything is literally based on earth. So people are just remixing what God made. <laughs> he said, <laughs> yo. <laughs> That's facts. Yeah. That wow, is wild. I didn't even think, do you think when in their own creative, like when Yeezy was making those shoes, right? He literally verbatim said. he looked at nature and said. Yes. He said, the Yeezy tones are in Wyoming. I swear to God, verbatim, that's what Kanye said. Because God is the greatest artist. One of the things, like, for example, in Jannah, right? Yeah. In Jannah, it says, there are things, I, I do not want to quote this because I don't have the hadith and I don't want people to misquote me. So, if I'm wrong, correct me. So when it comes to hadith, I like, you have to like, be prepared and have your chains and stuff like that. But in Jannah, according to hadith, there's things that your eyes have never seen, your ears have never heard of, your heart, like, your heart has never imagined or felt feelings that you've never felt. It's actually in Jannah. Colors that you've never seen before are there. Think about it, right? There's, oh my God, how does that verify? But that shows you that you have a cap on your imagination, that you think you know everything, right? That, that's like, how can you even fathom that? Those are the things I want to see, man. Yo, that give me chills. Huh? <laughs> yeah. It's the idea that like, yo, you think you've seen everything, but you haven't. You haven't, and the idea that like, yo, you can. There's so much that we Not haven't even created. You, think, yet. you don't even know if you if you don't even know you haven't seen shit yet. Yeah. So like all we've known throughout our lives is like a drop. 
Yeah. Everything else is like an ocean. Yeah. Exactly. That's how much we... We have mass. Exactly. But okay, so let me ask you guys a question, right? Whoa. Yeah? He's asking us questions. Yeah. But before I go to the question, <laughs> before I go to the question, I, I have ideas that I'm going to be forgetting. I have a very bad, I have a very bad short-term memory. Hey, Terrible. Oh, yeah, before I ask the question, the actually. Oh, yeah. So the, in terms of photography, that's what I do. I'm more fascinated into, like, I'm more fascinated into por- portraits, meaning I take photos of people, then I incorporate editing around them. If I take a photo, a photo of you in a blank canvas, I put a collage system behind you. If you're outside, I put a bike behind you that wasn't necessarily there, but it adds character to the thing. Maybe there's no bikes there. But I think editing is like, I like to do editing because it makes me think. Mm. It makes me do research on specific things. It makes me understand colors. It makes me understand lighting so I can actually incorporate the lighting into my filmmaking. Mm-hmm. That's photos. It's the most enjoyable thing I do is photo editing. Have Those, you ever met someone that passionate about the same thing before? Uh, no, I have not. Not yet. Maybe they're out there, but I have, I have not reached out. That's the problem. I've not reached out to people because it's like, I'm already so fascinated. I don't even have time to be like, what you know, do you who's do doing it? Yeah, exactly. Mm. So. I don't know. I feel like the best conversations come from when two people that think they're crazy in the craft yeah. somehow some way meet. Mm-hmm. That'll be amazing. Talk about how they're both crazy at this craft, and it's like that's weird. Yeah, I'm, and then it like the craziness sort of goes away, and then it's like this thing that like reinforces how crazy you were. Yeah. So then it helps you go like ten times faster or ten times harder. Yeah, and Cause, it's like because crazy is just another word for like not normal. Like you just yeah. you're not like the status quo. So when you meet someone else who makes you feel normal, like, Wait a minute. like you said, the crazy kind of goes away. Exactly, but so one of the things I thought, like, I really like doing what I do. For example, there's no cap to it, there's no limits to it, there's no measuring sticks to it. It's how you see it. Hmm. And one of the best things is like, bro, your mind. Okay, so I have like a million ideas, bro. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna be here for a while today, bro. He's <laughs> <laughs> just get ready for it. I can just tell we're gonna be here for a while. One of the things that really fascinates me, bro, is for example, it's like, where do you take your attention to? The necessities that you have to take care of, meaning your food and your school. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, not food, sorry. Work and school. Yeah. Those are things that take up most of people's time. So education and, and work, right? And then comes your eight hours of sleeping, all that stuff. And then understand one thing, bro, you're on earth for one reason. That earth, that reason you're on earth is to worship God. That's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. That's literally your reason. But God understands, yo, you're not gonna worship me with an empty stomach. So go find risk. But when you're finding risk, you're getting agit for that. You're actually being rewarded for working. Yeah, it's like a worship. Exactly. Actually, it's about that, right? When you put your four hours to your to your time of religious uh, activity, you have another four hours in that time. In that time is where I think is like the difference between the greats and the averages are made. Those four times, those four hours, your mind will wander. Your mind is very smart, okay? One of the things is like your body is built to be, to always increase in something. If you go to the gym, your muscles increase. If you study, your brain capacity gets better. Yeah. If you focus on something, your attention span gets better. So that's the thing is like you're made to progress. You live your life is progression at all times. So if that's the case, my question is, now questions, I've asked this myself, myself this question is like, in that, in that span, where can I take my, my, my attention to? Because it's the most valuable thing that I have is my time mm-hmm. and my attention. That's where it comes to the creativity thing. It, I would never conquer what I'm doing. And that's why I like doing what I'm doing. So you put your time to something that you will never conquer. And in retrospect, that kind of in, like inevitably 
advances you because like yeah. you you will never get to the point where you're done with it so yeah. you're just always working like you said but always focusing always getting better the payoff is the gratification bro why do you do something you need a payoff at the end whether it be money whether it be fame whether it be adulation what is making you do the specific thing the thing that i'd like to do is like i i i, I gain information and knowledge and when i'm doing something i had no clue about it. i had no clue about construction or building sets mm -hmm. but the only reason the only core reason i learned how to do that it's because I'm actually doing film. I need to learn this, how to do this. Mm -hmm. So now that's a skill that I have. I'm not saying I'm the best Christian. I'm like one of the worst. But I would never even touch the field if I didn't care about it. Yeah. So that's another information. And that's why you come obsessed with your craft, bro. You have to be so obsessed with what you're doing. Because the obsession leads to progression. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, it's kind of... Being an actor is kind of almost... You're kind of hindered by that though Because you don't get to create your own stories Your yeah. acting is someone else's story Yes Right So like If your goal is to progress and always get better All you're ever doing is waiting for someone to write another story That pushes your limits Because uh, yeah. look at And you're waiting to be casted in that as well Because exactly. look at Tom Cruise You know Tom Cruise has like a gang of licenses The nigga has a driver's license He has a stunt driving license He has his piloting license Real estate license Unnecessary ass licenses the nigga went to um, Japan and like studied actually being a samurai for like six years, seven, not six years, six, seven months for the last samurai. Um, he does all these different kind of stuff, stuff, but that progresses of it, progresses him as a human being. At yes. the end of the day, the product of that is someone who can speak multiple languages, can drive multiple vehicles, can has, he has a set of skills. And the byproduct of that is because he's been able to like um, act in all these different kind of things. Right? Yeah. What's the guy who's like the crazy method actor? Um, fuck. He was in Lincoln. He was in um, Gangsters of New York. Um, George Day Lewis or something like yeah, that. Yeah, da Daniel Day Lewis. Daniel Day Lewis. Daniel Day Lewis is such a method actor. Yeah. Um, there was a movie where he was playing like a shoemaker and he went to Italy and he studied under, he apprenticed under a shoemaker. As an actor, again, you're pushing your limits. You're trying to learn all these things. And the reason you're trying to learn all these things. Oh, okay. The reason you're trying to learn all these things is so you can get better yeah. at your craft. You know what the nigga did after he got done with the movie? He quit acting. He was a shoemaker for like two years. Mm. Daniel Day-Lewis. He's like, this is what I want to do. I like making yeah. shoes. And you continue doing that. Because it just but like, adds I don't character know. to you, bro. It does. But at the same time, it sucks. Because when I was a kid, I wanted to be an actor. And the reason I wanted to be an actor is because I wanted to be too many things. I wanted to be an astronaut. I wanted to be a cowboy. I wanted to be a teacher. <laughs> I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to be everything. I thought everything was cool. I was like, damn, yeah. well, I like doctors, they get to cut people open. That's just fire. Yeah. I want to do that. Astronauts get into outer space. I want to do that. When you're an actor, you get to be all those things. Yeah, you actually 100%. get to be all those things. Like yeah. niggas that play in Westerns, they actually get like horseback uh, riding training. training yeah. They learn how to like fucking shoot guns, do all that cool shit. You know what I'm saying? But it's, un I feel like filmmaking is the ultimate. It's the ultimate form of art. It's the ultimate form of yeah. art because you're the origin of it at the end yes. of the day you're not a reflected you're not a reflection of anything yeah but you said that you the actor is limited by what opportunities are brought to him by the yeah. script or the story right absolutely yeah. but is that let's just like a great do you think a great actor can be as great of a writer as one of the greatest writers or is everyone in their own lane right you can do both bro. No, they can, you, can you can do both, both. you can do you both can but do the, the problem is for example yeah. Tarantino didn't have to get casted for anything. He sat in a room, he wrote the story down, he went out, he casted a bunch of other niggas mm -hmm. that were extremely talented. 
and he got but would Denzel be considered the GOAT if he didn't get opportunities like American Gangster Training Day if if he was just still stuck in, in Queens doing or wherever he's from doing yeah. you know theater and stuff like that mm. he would still be an amazing actor an incredible actor but he wouldn't be considered a GOAT yeah the opportunity think of how many there. opportunities um, Leo gets Leonardo DiCaprio he gets first call first Shutter steps. Island imagine um, what that man has turned down yeah yeah. Imagine what Tom Cruise turned out in the role of Iron Man. <laughs> That's fucked. Of what? Iron Man. He didn't want to, He said he didn't want to do Iron Man. Think about that. Bro, I thank God Tony uh, Stark got it. Yeah, Tony, he I know he was. Bro, can we talk about how there's like, bro? That's one thing I feel like people don't talk about either in yeah. acting. Like I appreciate great actors that can play many roles, but there's something about certain actors when they just portray a role, like portray that specific role so to good. a T, where it's just like, nigga, you you is, are that person. Yeah, you're 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 Iron Man, bro. Yeah, you're Tony Stark. Like does when that, you look that at like, them, that, do you ever want to be like that, or are you guys afraid of that? Because then you're pigeonholed to like certain, certain. No, things. you wish no. you want to be pigeonholed to that. I want thing. that. What, what did I say earlier? I said, yeah. yo, if I can get a role where I can play someone like Monk yeah. or House or like uh, synonymous with that, thing. like a or specific ghost. person, yeah, and I'm that person, and I get like eight seasons, and that's my job. I come in every day, I perfect something. I'd rather do that than be hunting for the next role. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it's but I, filmmaking I, is the ultimate form of art, bro. Why do you say that? Okay, I think I've explained this in the last episode, which I, I lost. What do they say? It's the queen <laughs> of it's the queen of um, it's the queen of art. That's what they call filmmaking, right? Because, really? because it it connects everything together. Yeah, it connects yeah. sound like like. You explain so, it. So yeah, so. I so the different. <laughs> it's gonna sound way better if you yeah, just, you it's know, just way do better. this. Yeah. <laughs> so. First of all, I just want to say Alhamdulillah, you're right. I like to, I get to do what I like to do. Yeah. It's like it's, it's it's like a different feeling because there's there's no instant payoff that I'm seeing anytime soon. Yeah. Stitch that. Oh, this is pretty dope, man. Yeah. I do it again. I do it again. Filmmaking is the ultimate form of art for the reason is because it brings different forms of art under one house. Yeah. It brings great acting under one house, great uh, great music production under one house. It brings great writing under one house. It brings great directing under one house and it get, brings great set designs, great fashion ideas like fashionistas and stuff like that. Visuals. Fashion designers into one house to produce one project. Eight to nine masters of their craft to come produce one thing for you to see and when it happens, when all of them are taken at the highest possible level mm -hmm. and they're working at its best ability, you get a feeling that no other different uh, other forms of art can give you. In my opinion, one thing that does that is The Good, The Bad, and Ugly by Sergio Leone, the mm -hmm. last 10 films where the guns of Navarone, all three of them are pointing the guns at each other. The Good, The Bad, and Ugly character are literally pointing the guns at each other, directing. The Elio uh, Marconi's uh, composing. Sergio Leone's directing. Clint Eastwood, Angel Eyes, and uh, the other guy acting, coming in together. Um, the set design, the, fash uh, the, the fashion the design, clothing they're wearing, everything. It comes together. You get a different feeling. I forgot to breathe in that scene. Mm -hmm. Because it's that well done. Now, what's better about it is somebody had that, that idea, woke up and he wrote it, and he literally, the thing that he was thinking, he put it to life. Yeah. There's a different feeling when you have something, your idea, you actually bring it to life so other people can see it. It's a different feeling. It's unmatched. Well, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I wish I looked at movies in the same way. Like, I'm, I'm like the average dude. I got a popcorn. Yeah. There's some funny lines. Was there a punch? <laughs> was there explosions, right? 
but seeing how you talk about like a bunch of people work together and like creating something. Yeah. Well, I like I could take it to like applications, like my nerdy self. Yeah. Like you know how you're like, yo, you need the best this to do this, and you yeah. need a fashionista that dresses every person to par, and like seeing that displays like, oh shit. For me, when I look at applications, like I'm a nerd. Like, well, I like I'll look at a like something built, like a MacBook. I'm not gonna lie to you, I'd be in awe of it sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yo, there was some guy like that sat down at a board and was like, yo, forget this. The I/O is gonna look like this, and this application is gonna do this. And like thinking about like, yo, there had to be a back end nigga that had to do this. There had to be a front end dude. There had to be, and it's like, it's like poetry in motion. So like yeah. the idea that like I always used to again, we had the conversation like feeling weird. Cause like you're, we get really nerdy into the things that we like, right? Yeah. But like we yeah. never have that like confirmation of from someone. Else. Well, you do sometimes, and it's amazing where you sit down with another person. It's like, damn, like you looked, you looked at the shadow behind the character, and and you think that was ill intent by the director. That's crazy. Why do you think like why do you think they covered had their face? Oh, yeah. because it is like stuff like that is crazy. And another thing that I really like about directing, specifically, is directing is a multifaceted job, mm-hmm. right? Meaning, like, you have to focus on different things. What is that one? I think I see like that. The orchestra. Like, you're playing a bunch of things at the same time. And if one drummer is offbeat by a little bit, yeah. the whole production can be off. Oh, that was a bad movie because the scripting was terrible. Yeah. But the director has to, like, for example, you have to understand lighting to a point you want to portray a specific mood in a film set. And you want your actors to portray a specific uh, what's it called? Mood in their acting. Mm-hmm. And you have to bring that together and you're coordinating that with your DP. You're coordinating that with your light guy. For you're coordinating that with your sound guy. And it's just like, when it comes to life, bro, it's like, what? It's I think, in my opinion, is the best form of art. Do you like when you're on set? Like you Have you ever directed a film before? I'm doing right now, actually. I'm, I'm in production with one right now. And you've done the scenes already, right? I've not. I've done with set building. I'm doing, I'm doing rehearsals doing right now. Set. Yeah, I want to like. Well, I like. I want to ask you when, inshallah, the next time you're, you're yeah, that, I will, I, like I where you're in that chair and you click action and everything yeah. is moving. Yeah. That feeling that you have, like, I, I would definitely want to ask you. I episode. think I can already feel that feeling <laughs> <laughs> because it's it's uh. There's different types of directors. A director that watches things from a screen. Yeah. And it's a director that's in front of the in front of the actor. Watch, I'll probably be the guy that's in front of the like actor, right there, right there, because it's as if that actor is gonna be performing for you. He's going to showcase his best work because you're right there. Like, for example, one of the things that, that Nolan does that I find very fascinating, Nolan only shoots in primes. Let me explain what primes are. Lenses come in three different categories, okay? Camera basics 101. A camera and a lens. A camera is the brain. The lens is the eye. If you close your eye, you can't see anything. That's akin to not having a lens, okay? Lenses break down to three categories. Primes, telephoto, zoom. Primes means it's a fixed focal length, okay? A 50, you can't zoom in or out, it's only 50. The only thing that changes is the aperture of it, the blurriness and the light that comes in. A zoom, self-explanatory, it's a zoom. More of like the 70 millimeters. I'll explain the millimeter aspect in a second. Now you have telephoto. Telephoto is not a zoom and it's not a wide camera. It's in between. It's that nice 20, 40, 70. Now, what are these numbers that have speeded out? The, if you go like this today, you close one eye, right? <laughs> <laughs> you close one eye, focus only on one thing. That's 50 millimeter focal length, what you just see right now. It's 50 mil. Oh, that's just okay? blurry. 
if you take this out, it's not 100 millimeters, okay? <laughs> so that means, so now we have a base for where our millimeters stand for. Yeah. The smaller the number, meaning if I say 24, 14, or 10, which is drastic, the wider the thing is, so you're seeing a lot more wide stuff. The higher the number, 200, 300, 600, the most zoomed in that thing is, okay? Now that we know basic cameras 101, Nolan only shoots in primes, meaning he doesn't zoom in or out. For him to come and get a close-up shot, he has to move his whole camera setup, brings it right here for you to talk. And they ask the question, why does he do that? He says, the actor is more aware. As opposed to, I can have the set like 10 feedback, put on a zoom lens on it, and zoom in on it. You could have the same. So wait, why does it matter if the actor is more aware? Because the act, you want to get the best performance Wouldn't from the actor. more nervous? No, oh. they will actually no. When you're a pro, bro, that's nothing. Yeah, they're not talk, they're not worried about yeah, nerves. When you have, of, when you're Leonardo DiCaprio, like, they shouldn't be nervous, bro. You don't even <laughs> see the camera to that point. You don't see it at all. You just see a piece of metal in front of you. Well, that's what it is. Not right? even nerves. Like honestly, I'm, I'm less nervous when I'm in front of a camera than acting on a stage. Yeah, in okay, front of a camera, the stage is easy. terrifying. Though. Yeah, the stage is is harder. The theater is different. Yeah, when you're in front of a camera, you have jitters. You fuck up once, you fuck up twice. By the third time, you don't even see the camera. Yeah. You're so focused on like being there. And like, as an actor, I always tell people like, don't act, be. Like actually do it. Yeah. If you're totally angry, enough. actually be angry, get angry. Think about yeah. something that pisses you the fuck off and start yelling. It's if you're sad, get sad. So I get it. And what I thought though, the answer was is because isn't that like how I see? Our eyes are... Yeah, basically prime lenses. Yeah, so yeah, our eyes prime. But, but that, that so, by working with the lenses, I start to appreciate my eyes more. Meaning, so I'll give you like little things that you guys probably don't take take for granted, but it's a big deal. The only way I would have known this again is by doing what I'm doing, right? Mm -hmm. If you move your head today like fast, like this, go like that. It's the frames per second. Not even frames per second. Your eyes are stable. Yeah. Hey, yo, first of all, shout out to this nigga. For, hey, yo, you just threw that out wild. Yeah. Like. No, because the frames, because the frames so per second. Eyes, yeah. Am I lying? You're the, not lying. The higher the frames per second, when the camera moves, it looks like it's lagging. Exactly. Yeah. So the frame rate have to match the frame per second. So yeah. for example, if you do this today with your eyes, right? Your head. Take your head and go like this. Your eyes are stable. You peep that? Your eyes are not shaking. Yeah, you're not lying. Okay, now go like this. Oh, yeah, they, okay. They're bouncing around. They're not bouncing around. Your head is bouncing, but your eyes are stable. If you focus on his eyes, don't work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my sister bouncing around. For example, like focus on that light right there, bro, and now move your head like this. Is oh, it stable? Lies. It's on it. It's on it, right? Okay. Now I want you to understand that stabilization. I'm fucking dizzy. In Yo, the just got so many clips right now. Huh? Mod got us going. <laughs> <laughs> Looking like Ray Charles in his yeah. <laughs> But industries pay top-notch money to, to stabilize a camera. Your eyes do that naturally. If you're running today, your eyes are stable. People pay thousands and thousands of dollars to get a gimbal mm. so they can stabilize the camera. Second thing that you take your eyes for granted, focus on this camera, now focus on that table. How is your focus immediate, right? It, yeah, dude. A lens hunts. Unless you're gonna go, but your eye does that immediately. Go to a dark room and come out, come into a dark or a bright room. You might have like insta, like your eyes might not be 100% like terms of like. It burns. It's yeah. like that little. But that's, but, but that's you if you're mean? in that room for a while, right? If you're in that room for a while. But if you put you in a dark room and I take you out, your eyes are instantly focused. Yeah. 
a camera for you to do that you have to change your frame rate you have to change your ISO you have to change your shutter speed because that specific thing that you're doing has different setting lightings to the outside but your eyes do that naturally and somebody tells me God doesn't exist right another thing that you find very interesting is your ability to see colors at a consistent rate at all times if you're 30, like if you're, if you're healthy, I show you green, the same green, and I show it to you 30 years later, that green is the same way you saw it 30 years prior. But a camera changes, the updates, the color graphics are different. I mean, the graphic colors are different. It's color science is different, but your eyes are able to maintain that specific thing. That's why you, when you see something, that's why films change, right? Films are not really the same. I can't yeah. watch, y'all gonna hate this. I can't watch old films. You can't watch exactly. You can because technology has gotten better. Yeah, I just can't look because you've gotten better. You've gotten better quality, but that's something your eyes does naturally. That's like one of the like blessings. I'm like, wow, this is like this is really dope. Yeah. But it's like I would have never understood their preacher. So when they said, if you were to count all the blessings that God have given you, you would have never be able to count it. Yeah. But think about this: something I'm doing it's immeasurable. Yeah, that's just the eye. That's just the eye. I didn't even touch anything else. It's amazing, and then you once you understand that your corporate to your to your to your craft is like wow, this is like this is really dope. Like for example, your hearing abilities. Filmmaking is all about audio and visuals. Mm. Audio. They did a research, bro, that I find very fascinating. They took a group of people. They showed them a film. Amazing quality, terrible audio. They did the same thing, but they reversed it. Terrible video, but the audio was so crispy, amazing. They asked the people. No, the people that had the bad audio, they said, I hated the film. That's people with the good audio. They said, that's a pretty dope film. Very few people talk about the quality of the video because you first, your eyes see something, but your ear confirms it. Mm. That's why when you hear a boom, you, you hear like, like you look at it and then you, you want to hear like, oh, is it from this area? Yeah, to confirm what yeah. you, you want to see, what your ears yeah. confirm. You start looking around while you start. yeah. Marka, we hear it's like you look at it, you wait for confirmation. But it's definitely right there. Yeah. That's why your ears like. That's why your ears are like a satellite type of thing. They they direct, listen to something. If not, we would not be having these mm -hmm. like bowl shaped figures. Yeah. We wouldn't. And somebody tells me God doesn't exist, it's, bro. Wow. The intricate why does details. Why this sound like a poem? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like this sound like a poem. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. Because it's like repeating that that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, but it's and like then, it's. And then there's me over here moving my ears. <laughs> yeah, it you know, yeah. But like one of the things that but I actually you know that huh? right before you know what is keep going. Sorry, go ahead, I'm gonna finish. Because mine is a fat tangent. We're yeah, probably go not ahead, gonna go come back to this at all. Yeah, we're probably not gonna come back to that this conversation. <laughs> okay, this is me just be honest. We might as well just finish short. Okay, God does not exist, Paul. Oh, oh, oh now God <laughs> exists. For example, <laughs> God does exist, Paul. <laughs> no, no, the they tell me God doesn't, doesn't exist. exist oh. Yeah. Another Not thing fun. that I'll tell you, for example, bro. So now that we've talked about the, the aspect of crime, one thing I want to give kudos to you guys, right? When I say you guys, I want to say poets, right? So again, I want people to appreciate what you guys are doing. I think I like what things are explained to me mm. in terms of a layman term. Explain to me like as if I've never heard about that thing. But if I don't get explained, I watch and I observe and make my own conclusions. Mm -hmm. This is a lack of asking the questions to poets, right? What, like when I see you guys perform, bro. So... Why does he keep saying you guys? This guy. I wrote rhymes, right? Yeah. And then I went on stage. He studied the game. Let's give him his respect. And, and he give yourself respect too, bro. You too. Kudos to yourself, fam. 
You're being a humble hunter. This nigga, this nigga, this nigga flew before I can walk. Yeah, and and he's not giving himself the kudos. We'll, we'll, we'll give him I, I was I was in the crowd watching him before yeah. I even knew what poetry was. But it's okay. Continue. But yeah, so one of the things like so when people, poets, so I see things, I see life things as a as a director's perspective, meaning. If somebody's sad, I don't see the feeling of the sad. I see the person in a room with one lonely lighting in a phone, mm. look at his phone. That's how I see life. When from that perspective, things are clear. So I'm going to do a shift change for the viewers today. When a poet is performing, people see you, stage, lighting, mic. Mm. What we're going to do is we're going to give them your perspective of what you see. Okay. Now they're going to appreciate, that's when people appreciate your craft. When you actually explain to them what your craft is. So the perspective of a poet, like a person has to show up an hour early to the stage. He has to do sound checks. He has to make sure that his lines are well, that he's memorized the lines or he's going to read from a phone, that he has to be articulate with what he's saying. Before, prior to that, he had to understand like what specific um, poem I'm going to be performing for my audience. <laughs> he goes on stage, but prior to going on stage, people are watching you. Eyes are actually, eyeballs are actually on you. Mm -hmm. The funny thing is you can't see the eyeballs because there's only one light that's on you. Everybody else is dark. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Now, here's the other thing, the caveat. You have a mic in front of you. Now, generally when we speak, we like to make eye contact with people. Contact with something. Yeah. That's, okay, if I'm making a talk to you, I'm going to talk to him. I'm not going to talk to the couch. But when you're performing, you're hunting. Your eyes are hunting. You're, you're talking, you're performing. Mm -hmm. But not only are you hunting, because first you can't see. Sometimes you can't see. I'm not saying not all times. But you have to, and then you clock back to yourself like, yeah, I'm performing. So I have to put panache to my words. Yeah. And another thing people don't understand is you have to watch your breathing. You don't want to be, <sighs> you have to watch yeah, your breathing your patterns. cadence and everything, yeah. Exactly. That's what I want people to appreciate. I even mentioned the words itself that you guys have said. Just the performative arts aspect of it. I thought you meant like, what do you guys see? And I usually it depends on a poem. If it's funny, it's a bunch of people laughing. If it's sad, it's a bunch of people that just said. Yeah. But just the craft itself. Have you ever, have you ever, like you've probably done it before. You know when you have that one poem and there's that point in the poem where everyone's been following along and it's just, you say something powerful, you say something that's just like hangs on with everyone where it just gets so quiet in that room mm -hmm. where you could feel them feel what you just said. Yeah. And it's just, I feel like. That shit is dope. That's an amazing feeling, right? It's an amazing feeling. But only, you can never describe that feeling. You have to feel that feeling. You have to be there. Yeah. And that's the that's why like there's different variations of art. Every one of them delivers a different feeling, and that's so fascinating. And I think so, the benefactor of it is the creator of the art. So, question: Do you do you start with lighting the person where they're standing, uh, ambiance, shading, and all that, and then get to the emotion, or is it the other way around? In terms of the, what the filming, just in general, you see the emotion. Because I'm someone who who sees the product of something before the work for it. So like mm. I explained to you with my poetry, nine times out of 10, I write the ending mm. before I write the poem. That's crazy. The guy literally writes the ending and reverse engineers the whole story. Yeah. And because the, for me, it's, it's the opposite. I get what you're saying. What you're saying is absolutely right. Yeah. But for me, it's the opposite in the sense that I work in a field where people are going to interpret what you write in their own way because everybody yeah. deals with stuff differently and everybody sees something differently. Somebody might read a poem 
about something and see something completely different than how Hamza might see it or how Hanad might see it or how Thunder might see it. All I know is that there is a path that I want just people to walk mm-hmm. and I want them to walk that path and I know that them walking that path will at least make them feel something. What they feel is up to them. I can care less to be honest. But my, my passion is making people feel some, some sort of emotion okay. and to think deeply. The reverse engineering thing is I'm like, okay, bet. So for me to create the path, I have to create it and go a castle at the end of the tunnel, right? A light at the end of the tunnel or land at the, on the other side of a river or something like that. That's kind of how I envision it. The emotion is here. I find the emotion is usually one to two lines that I think of. Mm-hmm. And then I just, I walk backwards until I get to the beginning. So most of my poems is me introducing you into a world or introducing you. It's an opening scene most of the time. For most poems, it's an opening scene. One of the poems I always, I always, always, always perform is imagine. Imagine a world where worries are blur, where mixtapes grow on trees and rap battles roam free. Where we all got Afro puffs and there's no handcuffs and our black beautiful skin is bulletproof. So now you're in this state you, of you like, okay, tone. I'm sitting down, I'm imagining shit. And for the rest of the poem, I'm telling you shit to imagine, right? Whatever happened to the kid who knew for a fact that he can fly on a, fly on a mat, uh, turn into a cat, fly on a mat, do all that in his backyard, man, whatever happened to that. Just mm-hmm. a little kid in his backyard, daydreaming, thinking about, yo, I can fly on a mat, I can turn into a cat, I can fight off aliens, I can do all this shit. And then finally, it gets to the point of like, oh, okay, bet. The goal of it, what I want you to think of and mm-hmm. walk away with this is that imagination makes who you are. And you, you have to start that? with imagination, yeah. you know? Sometimes all I ever want to do is either slip my wrist or raise my fist and imagination, um, raise my fist and I take a lot of risks, but I read through wars. That's what makes me an activist and imagination. Well, that's what made me this. So those lines is the first lines that I wrote. Bars. This is different. Those lines are like, those lines are like the first lines that I wrote. So what I'm asking you is as a filmmaker, does it start with an emotion or does it start with the technicalities of stuff and then that gets you to the emotion? Okay. Well, before I ask that question, one bonus thing that you guys have that other crafts don't have is you guys get to see the reaction of your work live. True. If you're doing spoken word on, on Balka. True. Which is like one of the few forms of art where you can actually... And you can also bomb live. True. And hang up your cleats in front of yeah. everybody. Yeah. yeah, you could. It's like you could. it's like painting while people watch. Yeah. Uh, to answer your question, it starts with a story. It starts with a story. Like an idea. Yeah, an idea. Write the story. Once you write your story, the writer hat has to be on, so no limitations on you. Mm-hmm. Once that happens, you say, okay, I need this, 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 and this, and this. There's not really emotion any attached to it, but the story aspect of it might be attached to it. If I'm doing a World War II film and I'm writing about it, I have to convey that through the writing of the emotions of my characters that I'm writing. So are you what? writing... Based, yeah. Like from the lenses of your characters? Yeah, Hamza is dead. In, in that world, if I'm writing a character named Marvin, Marvin is a 58-year-old guy who is a farmer in the middle of Louisiana, Missouri. I have to talk like Marvin, the guy that's had... For, okay, one of the things like... research on them? You have to do research on it. Like you have to understand, do research on the verbatim. For one of the things like uh, Tarantino says, uh, Tarantino is my favorite director, by the way. And the reason why I talk about films, by the way, is I like to make films. Mm-hmm. And I like to consume films. Um, one of the things that I really like about um, Tarantino, what he says is, you need to 
master the universe of the story that you're writing. The audience might never know that, but the, you owe the audience for knowing that, that they, what they do not know. Meaning, if I'm writing a character of Marvin, whatever, yada, 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 I have to have a backstory, Marvin, to a point where I can do a prequel or, a, or an uh, uh, after show about that specific character because I know him so well. You have to apply that to your universe. So you can't just be like, I'm going to write a character about Marvin and he fulfills the set of the story and that's it. No, you're not doing your job then. Because when you're going to be writing it, you're going to be writing from a perspective of yourself. That cannot happen. The pen has to tell the story, not the the writer, but the story itself, essentially. Mm -hmm. And when that happens is you learn story rules. I did not know this. I wrote scripts. They were terrible. One of the things that I have handicapped is the things that I'm doing, I don't have anybody to ask. So I fail miserably. But when I fail miserably, it's a terrible feeling. But the, the better feeling is I know not to do that. You fell forward. Yeah. I know that pothole today, I'm not going to touch again. So I wake up tomorrow with the experience of that and I rewrite it, I rewrite it, I rewrite it. I have a, like an editor, but she's brutal. She's brutally honest, okay? I send my work to her. She brings back 30 pages of notes. That's a good editor. She says, why do you have this line? This is taking up space. Take this out. What are you trying to convey? How often do you push back? I don't. I, I, I used to be like, I used to be so attached to my soul. Bro, this man, it's just always smoke, bro. Even how we ask the question, the, how often do you push back? Yeah, I want to know. Do you be pushing back? Because I'm the complete opposite of him. That's yeah. literally, well, I could not do that. If, if I gave somebody a script and they gave me back 30 notes or something, because the, the bigger question I was going to ask you is, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a complete other side to yeah. the Tarantino, that sort of yes. storytelling of where you remove yourself. Yeah. And there's the guy, guys like Wes Anderson, where yeah. people, when they watch Wes Anderson films, he's, the director is almost a character in the film. Every yeah. film feels like a movie. It feels like a story. Yeah. It doesn't feel like, you know what I'm saying? He does it on purpose. For example, almost every opening scene is either somebody reading a book um, there's another movie where it's three guys and they're writing the story as they're in the movie. It's like, I forgot the name of the movie. It's the three guys on the, with, they're on a train in India. Um, there's another movie where there's curtains. So at the, at, at the end of every scene, the curtains open and, and then close. So he purposely makes it look like, oh shit, okay. The audience knows and is aware that they're watching a movie. A movie, yeah. This is a movie. This is a story. This is not real life. Yeah. But, and also he inserts himself. He inserts his character, the way he acts, the way he talks into his characters and into the, the people that he writes, right? I'm very much like that. And with almost everything, because I'm someone who is itching to tell a story, to tell my own story. Like, I, I don't think I've left that chapter in my life where I'm content with telling my own story. Mm -hmm. I don't think enough people have heard that yet. So with everything that I do, whether I like it or not, mm -hmm. my, my own identity is going to insert itself in there. Oh yeah, th that's like, yeah, it happens. But no more than... Because obviously Tarantino inserts his own identity in there too because you're human. But I'm saying more than it, there sh it should be. Yeah. So then... But when that's I what editing helps out. Exactly. So then when I give someone to edit and they say, yo, take this line out and this is a line that I actually heard in real life that I took from someone else and that it means something emotionally to me and I put it in there, they're probably right. 
for me to take it yeah, out. It's yeah. probably bullshit. But for me, it's gonna be like, no, why the fuck should I take? Yeah, that but out? at first I was like that though. At first, it's like she doesn't so understand the story. That's why. Yeah, that's the the big thing behind the question of me yeah, asking, yeah, okay. do you ever push back? Yeah. So I at first I used to push back because it's my story. It's like this is my baby, man. Exactly. Yeah. I wrote it. I have thought about it. I know. I sent it out. But I'm a result based guy. If I see results. I will fold, I'll fold. I'll say, okay, this is actually progressing this way. So I said, yo, listen to her. First I said, listen to her. Let's see what she does. I, and I wrote the script and a month straight, I listened to her. My story got so much better. I took biases out of the story. The flow was better. Uh, this, the, the, the narration of my story, better. the character writing was better. My scene awareness was much better because I was actually listening to what she said. But that's that point of view. Now, Stephen King said this, right? Stephen King is our, for the, 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 those that do not know who Stephen King is, he's, they say one half of the publishing rights goes to Stephen King. Because <laughs> the guy pumps out six books every year. Yeah. You want to send you a tissue, bro? Second. We don't have a tissue guy yet. But inshallah, when you do come back, mm -hmm. we'll have a nigga dedicated to tissues. For example, what's say? Uh, Stephen King, it's a joke out of its right or not. They say half of the publishing rights goes to Stephen King because the guy sells books. But there's a one golden rule Stephen King has. Listen to your editor. One of the probably the most commercially successful writers is saying that. Listen to your editor because your editor is coming from perspective of no emotions attached, only cares about the progress of your story. That's it. But I want to shift this, like the, the, the technical aspect of the filmmaking and stuff. That's what I find very interesting. But what I find even more interesting is the impact of what I do. Right? Because I'm influenced every single human being. So this is like where my favorite thing in the world other than Hurda is human psychology. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> you like Hurda too? Yeah. You love Hurdo too? Hurdo is my favorite thing in the world, shout sleeping. Out, shout out to Hurdo. Yeah, because when, every time I wake up, I have like a million ideas. I'm like, so I need to do this more often. <laughs> it's not me, bro. I hate sleeping. Yeah. I, well, I, and then when I sleep, bro, my dreams, Alhamdulillah, I don't want this to be ever taken away. So say mashallah, Allah barak, first of all. Allah Yeah. I have amazing dreams, bro. Like, I have dreams that bro, I can write. My guys better go. My nigga ain't going. Here's shit for the beaches. Them, for like eight hours. <laughs> no more dreams. Right? Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna, we'll have it, bro. He's gonna, he's gonna <laughs> we'll just see. It. He's gonna just see black. I'm really gonna see like. Wait. So are your are your dreams like they're consistent? They're consistently good. They get better. Can you actually, them? no. I'm saying yeah, they're I consistent, as in like it, it makes sense. Like whatever's going on in your dreams. Yes. It makes you sense. Dream well, about the, can you dream about the same thing? Like I get chased. Time? I get chased no. by a tiger in my kitchen, and my kitchen turns into a jungle. And How? then I fall down a hole. And then when I fall down the hole, I end up in like the pyramids of Giza, right? So wait, dreams like this actually happen? happen yeah, yes. my dreams are sporadic. Yes. I was when I running, sporadic and last they're time terrifying. I dream, I was running on water. I had a dream where I was Batman. What? I had a dream I was getting hunted by Elmo from Sesame Street. But you know, yeah, yo, have it. guess what the best part of it? You know what the best part I'm of it serious. is? There's no... Hey, bro, we got problems. What's going on? Wallahi, yo, yo, I'm not wallahi, a fan of sleeping, bro. The, 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 <laughs> 
Why do you guys haunted in his sleep? Allah, okay, I see why. I see why now you're saying no, the guy's not gonna be sleeping. Bad, bad, either way. Yeah. Either that or it's like hyper realistic and some fucked up shit is happening. It's trauma. And yeah, it's like super realistic. Like yeah. I feel like Have I'm you- actually questioning. I'm like, fuck, am I sleeping or am I awake? I feel like I'm in inception. Like, what the fuck is this? Pinch yourself. Yourself. And then and then I wake up and I'm like, but why would you not love that? I would love that. No. But the thing is, okay, here, here, here's like the aspect of it is a ni'mah. It's a ni'mah for in, in terms of like, it's like a story. I don't know where it's going, but I'm here to watch. I'm part of it. And sometimes I get mad for waking up like, I wish I could go Do you back write your to, dreams down? Yeah, no, I don't. Because I feel like if I write, I feel like I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to be stuck on that one dream. I want new things, new episodes, sahib. Well, you got to write coming. it down, man. No, I don't want to write. I, don't, I want my dream world to be <laughs> never affected by what I do in my day-to-day life. Because my dream is like, some of the stories I'm like, that's terrible writing, bro. That's terrible writing. I would never direct this. <laughs> bro, how does it feel not having enough time in the day to work on something that you love? Frustrating, bro. Frustrating. But the... Th- I do have time though. I make time for it. Like if I don't have time in the morning, I probably do like. like it's the idea that you like you have like twenty things that you want to do at the same time. You have yeah. the same twenty four hours yeah. as Elon Musk. Yeah, could they? You have the same twenty four hours as Jeff Bezos. Oh, has been well, but no, they have, they have, you right they have now. If somebody comes up to me and says that shit, they get smacked. Yeah. Like street smoke. Don't say that shit to yeah. me. Jeff Bezos and me have the same twenty four hours. They don't. There's access and resources. Yeah. But second thing that I'm fascinated about is human psychology, how humans think, Mm. how humans act. That's something I... Isn't that what directing is though? Yeah, exactly. The essence of that is... That's literally the essence of it. It's something that I truly, truly find fascinating. So I do research on my free time. Mm. But people are like, oh, usually on TikTok, wallah, I'm reading articles. I'm like, no way, bro. That's how you think? That's how your body moves? As I process things, like for example, coming into a room being like emotionally intelligent to understand what are the conversations that should be appropriate for this day? Mm-hmm. What are the things that are actually going to prov- make us move forward? One of the things like for directing is you're, you're selling your story to 10 other people. Tell 10 other people, give me your Saturdays and Sundays. We're going to be doing this. How do you do that? Mm-hmm. There's a way to go about it. The way I'm going to ask Hanad is far different than I'm going to ask you. But how do I do that? I have to understand how you think, how you move, and how you do that. That thing bleeds into your relationships, like your love relationships, right? I say love relationships, I'm talking about marriage. Okay. Your love relationship. Yeah, keep a halal, brother. Right? Your, your love relationship, how you see your spouse and how you communicate with your spouse. Understanding what, how do they process information and how do they give out information. Basically, every, every person is different and you have to curate the way you yes. ask to each person. Yeah, but the thing is like, you don't want to make it seem like a job. Uh. You, you want to be the nigga that's processing shit you know the guy that says I peep shit <laughs> never want to be that guy right? I peep shit I peep shit why why don't, you peep shit don't let him know, know your next move yeah. and then it's the sh- feet moving pointed this way that way <laughs> get a job security sure, a, everybody yeah. knows your next move <laughs> It's a life It's a lifestyle We've yeah. all been through It's yeah. okay But stop posting Don't let them know your next yeah. There's so many niggas right now That just unfollowed our page now How's he gonna tell us But it's It's very fascinating That aspect For example Where you guys are making Like one thing I really find fascinating There's a level of Gratification you guys feel When you're on stage And you know You're hitting the The right tones yeah. But it's a pendulum swing, right? You push the pendulum swing one time. The second time it comes, you just touch at least a little bit. But that little bit comes back with a bigger force. Yeah. But when you guys do the initial force, and you know the audience is reacting, and you hit another just a little bit, the reaction gets bigger. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's like, being, you, it's like being a comedian. Exactly. No, not only that, you're a composer. Yeah. Right? You're Ennio Marconi yeah. composing <laughs> things and you you know, bro. You deep down know I am controlling the room. I'm controlling people's thoughts, feelings, and instant. attention. You have people's attention, bro. It's like the greatest as like that's the greatest finances is actually not money, it's attention. Attention is what drives that. That aspect. And that's why I find human about fascination. Human pe- people. That's why I like kicking with you because I just feel just so dumb. Do you know, like, do you know what taught so me that? Yeah. What you just said right now? Yeah. I, I learned it from movies. Which one? The Films. fact that the fact that you have to, what he said, the fact that you have to realize first that every single person is different, mm-hmm. right? And that you have to curate the way you act and your way you approach them yeah. to convince them of certain things. Do you know, I literally learned that from watching movies. Yeah. I'm going to give you an example. The montages mm-hmm. where they collect all the teammates. Ocean's Eleven, Ocean's Seven, all the Ocean's movies. What do they do? The nigga goes da, out da, 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 and he goes and he collects the niggas that he needs for the team, right? Every single nigga is what? It's different. Yeah. Every single nigga acts a certain way. And what does this nigga do? He approaches them in their environment. For example, that's one thing. One, the, the Art of War, it kind of talks about yeah. the book, Art of the Art of War. But... You approach people in their environment. So like there's a guy who's a burglar. He like he needs him so he can break into the safe that he wants to get to. Right? So he finds this nigga in the act. He helps him. He makes sure he has a favor for him. But he knows, yo, this nigga's not a trustworthy man. He doesn't trust people easily. Mm. So he gives him a fail safe. Every burglar has a fail safe. He says, listen, at the end of the day, if I double cross you, you can do this. And you'll get yours at the end of the day. This is the fail safe. Here's two million dollars cash right now. Fail safe. Mm. The niggas gonna go, oh, okay, bet. There's another guy who's a con artist. He goes to him. That nigga also has trust issues, but in a different way type shit. Wow. So he goes to every single nigga. He curates his approach. He goes to another nigga who's a big boss. He strokes his ego. Oh, yeah, you know, man, I really need you. I'm dying without you. Uh-uh. But Ben he just needs his car yeah. so he can look famous and rich when he gets to the casino. The guy's, yeah, okay, go ahead. Ah. You when I was a kid, that. I used to watch that shit and I used to be like, okay, bet. So why won't I do the same thing? What's, yeah. what's the difference between movies and real life? But Nothing. Do you know who does the who, do you know who do that naturally, bro? Who do that innately, naturally happens? Scammers? No. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm talking about on a humanity aspect that they actually care. Women do that naturally. Like You just got us canceled. No, no, no. That's no, a, good, it's a thing. good thing. They that's naturally thing. understand every they person's emotions. Yeah, they cater to and us they so can... they can get what they yeah. want. No. <laughs> no. Let them finish. You're being very How Charlemagne right now, okay? Peter, <laughs> in terms of like, so this is why they say like women are far more emotionally intelligent than guys and it's not even close. Women yeah. can read a room far better. Yeah. The only reason I'm able to read a room, not even, I'm not even to that level of capability. Yeah. It's because I'm forcing myself to do that. Okay, but it's an innate thing for them. That's why the most important parent role is a mother, mm. followed by the father. The mother is the core aspect of understanding how her her kid functions, how he understands things. How does he accept uh, emotion? How do you discipline him? Mm-hmm. A mother will do that far better at a far efficient rate because it's an innate ability that that God made it possible for them, and they do that naturally. And it's so interesting that there's a whole school of thought predicated on that to teach guys like us mm-hmm. <laughs> average Joes that are just walking the streets of Minneapolis mm-hmm. but it's so innate natural for, for women well, like, and it's something I find fascinating my younger sister is far more emotionally intelligent than I am than I could ever be 
And someone tells me God doesn't exist. Oh. But, right? It's an innate thing. Like, well, this is definitely going to be a clip. Huh? Oh, yeah. Every single time we said we we're going to just put them together. Put um, them together. Yeah. yeah but let's go take a lot of editing, my yeah. friend. I'm, I'm going to do it. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I'm not going to promise. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. No, it's okay, bro. It's, if you're able to. Mado. <laughs> yeah. It's so amazing. I'm like, I'll tell you something else, right? In terms of like, uh, you, like uh, how humans function, right? Um, it's in, in, like in media. Media portrays things that are strong, weak. Things that are weak, strong. What's true is false. What's false is true. That's one of the sides of Qayyab, by the way. Opposites. People actually get a leader who's a false leader and they, mm -hmm. they actually... I, yo, don't call me at that. Don't call me at that. Don't call me at that. But it's somewhere along like, those lines. Truth. Truth and it... You'll take the guy who's telling the truth as a lie. There you go. Yeah, something that you like. It's like the roles are reversed and stuff like that. That's how this world is. Like one of the things that people do is like they portray women as weak. Like the Western aspects. Western media in general portray the core, what holds a family together. What holds, Bro, the, this is what holds a, okay. the world together. Yeah. Let me, yeah. let me, uh, a mother holds the world together. But let me, let me come back to this tangent, Okay. I have like 30 ideas, bro. So, <laughs> the core values, where where does uh, uh, Malka, uh, I have so many ideas, bro. <laughs> I don't know where to start, but let me come back to it. Um, nourishment starts from home. Right. Understanding of family basis, core values, you as a person, humanity, how you're a good person, all that stuff you're taught at home. Charity begins at home. Now you take that thing. Now who teaches you that? Who do you spend most of your time with? Your mother. Mm -hmm. Your mother nourishes that out of you. Now that aspect is taken and you go to the world and you conquer the world, whatever that you think is that you're doing. But that is a very important role to society. Being a mother is not a job. It's not any of that. It's a lifestyle. But that lifestyle has been deemed to be what? Weak. To be weak. Less than. Exactly. Yeah. To be less than than actual average. Mm -hmm. Like a, like a, like let's say we can have a woman that's actually struggling with two different jobs is more looked more to be a far better, stronger woman than somebody that's actually holding their family intact which is the core values of what makes a society function for what it is. Not saying that's your only job to be a mother, stay at home. It's not. But the fact that your lifestyle is to your nourishing a life doesn't get enough credit. Even if you're doing jobs A, B, and C, but that itself is not even, it's not even caught upon, but rather you're being told, yo, you're weak. Why is that? Now the question starts, why? Now you and I, all of us are, our core, we're not from America. I'm from Somalia. I was actually born in Somalia, right? I'm not from here. So America is a place that actually promotes productivity. Productivity, efficiency, and everything. Forget what's happening. I need product A, B, C, and D done at this specific date so this customer can get that, so yeah. we can get these profits, so the profits go to the one percenters, and then that's a cycle. Fucking capitalism. Exactly. Capitalism at its finest, yeah. right? So in that way, how do, you, how do you do that, bro? How do you actually... Get that product done at that specific time. What do you do? You go to homes and you break the homes apart. Mm -hmm. When you break homes apart, that means you're creating division within a specific community. When you create a division specific community, that person when he's by himself, he needs to work constantly to put to even breathe in a day-to-day -day in America life. So what does that do? That person goes to a big corporation, he does that. The mother is struggling with it with uh with a child or by herself. And she's doing all that stuff because why? America is promoting what? Promoting efficiency. I don't care how I get the shit done, but I want it done. So in that aspect, the family's broken. And how are families broken? 
they attack the mother. Yeah. They attack the mother in every single media that any single everything's every single media aspect you think about it. Every movie that you see, you see a mother, a single mother doing 30 jobs and that's clearly struggling, but they put that as strong. Is that woman strong? Absolutely. Yeah. Is the thing that she's going through, is that natural? It's not natural. Yeah. But when you break people apart, divide and conquer. People all have to fend for themselves so they all get jobs at different corporations so they can actually have a day-to-day -day life. That they can actually wake up, eat cereal, and go back to the same job. Yeah. But that's affecting the household nature of it. So now I'm coming back to the aspect of like motherhood. Mother is the necessity of everything, bro. Yeah. The Quran actually tells you, your mother has three rights upon you for your father has one. Mm -hmm. Because the mother is literally the core value of what you're doing. Now, when somebody who's a gone, their mother passed away, that's like one of the things like, uh, one of the uh, uh, major punishments, if I'm not wrong, is stealing from a gone. Mm -hmm. Like uh, when I say a gone, it's like somebody's like, parents have passed away. Yeah, an, an orphan. orphan. Yep. Right? It's stealing stuff from them because it's so, it's like, it's a sensitive thing, man, because that person has nobody fending for them. And I want to come back again to the tune where the core value begins with the mother. That's why you're supposed to respect your mother. Mm -hmm. The deed literally tells you this, bro. This is like so important. The deed literally tells you the is between your mother's feet, right? Be kind to your mother. Quran literally says, after the, after the, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the prophet comes your wallet mm -hmm. and your wallet the order comes to your mother is so valued and so high because the deen understands the deen only promotes things that are actually good for you mm -hmm. by the way only thing, thing the deen does it just tells you things that are good for you mm -hmm. do you know why it tells you the things that are good for you mm -hmm. because God created you so he understands what's good for you he's prescribing you to do specific things like the aspects of prayer for example why do you pray five times a day what let me come let me, let me rephrase that does God need no he doesn't does God need worship no no, is he gonna is he gonna increase him in in, in status? No, is he gonna decrease him in status? Absolutely, Absolutely not. Yeah. But prayer is good for us. We pray five times a day. Those five times a day, when you pray, it makes you conscious of your time. First of all, mm -hmm. you understand. You have a reference of like, yo, I did a specific job between Asar and Mark because I prayed that Asar I took a day. Yeah. That's just minuscule. The second thing that it does for you for your prayer, you look at it, you're God conscious at all times. You start your day with salat. But between Salah and Dur, you might have forgotten, like, you remember God, you go pray. Between Dur and Asr, what happens? You're God conscious. Mm -hmm. now, you, now you think about your wudu. Mm -hmm. so your cleanliness. Think, yeah, your cleanliness. Like if you, say, you think about, okay, you have wudu, so I'm not going to be touching the opposite sex. I'm not going to be, uh, I mean, if you want to use the bathroom, you use the bathroom. Yeah. You got to okay. think about your state you of You got to think about your state of cleanliness. When yeah. you go to the bathroom, you got to wash yourself properly because you have to understand salad is coming afterwards. Yeah. Your state of mind as yeah. well because you have to be aware. You have to be aware. You have to be at the moment and understand what you're actually doing. Mm -hmm. Now that affects on your whole day aspect of it. The deen promotes only that. So the deen is telling you, do all these beneficial things. Do you know why, bro? The gratification you get from helping your own mother is a gratification you'll never get from anywhere else. Because today, let's think about it. This is, how, this is even much more fascinating. If I see an older lady today, right? I go, I, there's nobody there watching me except God. I go kick the dog shit out of that lady. I can. So I do it. What happens when I do right afterwards? I feel like, I feel terrible. That's your body telling you, do not do that. But if I go help an old lady with the bags and give her money and take her to her house and, and arrange everything for her, I'm not getting <laughs> anything, but I'm feeling good. And that's your body telling you, do more of that. And somebody tell me, tells me God doesn't exist. Yeah. Morality is deep down within you. Yeah. The dean tells you, like, 
not only cares for you in that aspect of it, right? We did a complete shift. Well. <laughs> but not only cares aspects for like promoting good things for yourself. Yeah. Be conscious of your time. The whole thing I want to come back is like motherhood. Like mothers are not actually shown enough attention. Mm-hmm. They're not given, they're not, the fact that they're actually making a house run. That's not the only thing they do. But the fact that they're actually doing that doesn't get enough praise, but rather it's looked down upon. And I want to give credit to the mothers today. That's what I, that's why I want to hold that tangent. Yeah. Yeah. What is your favorite movie of all time? The, my favorite movie is The, the Secret Life of Ultimate. Why? Because that movie just makes my heart move. Secret Life of Ultimate is why I longboard, is why I do photos, is why I enjoy sunsets, is why I enjoy animals, is why I enjoy uh, gradients of the sky, is why I enjoy color grading, is why I enjoy films, is why I enjoy daydreaming. It's because of that. One of the, like, the most heartwarming films. I watched that movie every Thanksgiving, bro. With the family? Just every th- so My brother, yeah. Whoever's right next to me, I watch with them. Yeah, it's just it's such an amazing. Oh, this is the one about the guy who works. Who daydreams? On, yeah, he works like marketing or something like that. And yeah, he works for like a, a magazine. Yeah, and then they send him to like take the greatest Iceland, picture of all time yeah. or something like that, and then he loses a role of fit for a specific area. Yeah, and and then he goes on like whole journey, and he likes this girl, and he daydreams, and his daydreams you actually see his daydreams, and they're like fascinating. It's that one guy who's who's uh, the main character? Um, Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller, yeah. yeah. What's your favorite movie of all time? Hamza. The other Hamza. Damn, I'm with two Hamzas today. There's been a lot of Hamzas on my no podcast idea. lately. There's another Hamza previously. I don't right? think I have a favorite movie of all time. Interstellar's up there. Interstellar, yeah. Oh, Interstellar's up there. Why Interstellar? No, I say it's mind bending. I love. Is it weird that I can't rewatch movies? Like not, it's not, like no, but plot, I'm the opposite. The I, I, I hate watching new movies. But don't I'd rather you think, watch something I watched before bro? over and over and over. But you know what directors do though? Like like I've seen, like do intention. They make their movies rewatchable. They add a rewatchable quality to it. Interstellar is Nolan, probably the most rewatchable movie. Yeah. Nolan, every film of Nolan you're going to rewatch. Yeah. And every time you rewatch, you get something out of it. But the director understands that I'm gonna people going to rewatch my things because they have access to it. They can rewatch anytime that they want. So I make it more complex. The thing that you didn't see the first time, the plot is revealed to you. Now you're going to go back to like when you watched that island. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, when you understand that this guy was actually meant to pitch, now you actually get to see, oh, that's why he didn't have a gun at the beginning yeah. because he's actually a patient and it's an experiment. But like, that's but what, do you, we, that can have, though, we can have an entire conversation bro, about that island. Literally. Wait, that idea that like, look, now that you know that he was that kind of patient, right? Seeing those things happen prior, like rewatching it again, will ruin the aha at the end for me. No, it won't. Because at the end, you don't really know. The, the beauty of, of Nolan films is at the end, it doesn't have yeah, a yeah, cemented yeah. concrete end. You gotta watch end. the same film again. At the end of- You think you know of, the plot, you could see like something else. Yeah, at the end of the Batman movies. the wrong The end of the Batman movies, for example. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, at the end of one of the Batman movies, yeah. he flies off into the yeah. sunset. And then what does he do? He like takes a bomb with him or yeah. some shit. And like, you're like, well, does he die? Does he not die? Is he actually in the in the plane? Is he mm-hmm. not in the plane? Is he somewhere else? Did he sacrifice his life? At the end of Shutter Island, the the, the constant thing you're t- thinking about is, well, is he actually a detective? Yeah. Well, it's not black and white. It's great. It's not black and white. Is he yeah. actually a detective? Did he, because of the nature of the island, yeah. did he get finessed into thinking he's a mental health, that he's a mental patient? Inception, uh, or is he, is he actually, still in a dream? Is he actually a mental patient? Yeah, or, yeah uh, maybe I'm just watching the wrong. You watch yeah. the wrong. Bro, I want to see this chair makes me feel like a king, bro. Yeah. I you love are. this chair. You're definitely a king. You're a goat. Yeah, yeah. Have I you, have you watched um, 
damn, what's the movie called? I'm blanking on it. Um, the movie with Matt Damon, Leo. The Matt Damon is the cop. Departed. The Departed. Yeah. The Departed. I mean, the Departed. <laughs> the Departed. <laughs> you watched The Departed yeah. <laughs> with Matt Damon. I hear, I hear how you speak. I want to ask you a question. Okay, we're far off topic from uh, Mike. <laughs> what are we There's no topic. There's no topic. That's the beauty of it. Okay. Yeah. So on something that I have, I've been having a thought experiment of my own, right? So I, which I already talked, I was with Mohammed all day today. The guy is a ambassador for the state, Allah mm. Um Yeah, <laughs> come vote for me. Mm. Um, one of the things that Mohammed did, uh, for example, we were talking about was, like for example, perception is everything. Yeah. One of the things I like to listen to Colin Coward, Colin Coward gives you context to things. He makes you understand things from a different perspective. So that's perception, like how do you see things? One of the things I was talking about with Muhammad was, for example, how, how everything that you know today has been taught to you. Every feeling that you have has been taught to you. Humans are, I'll give you, this is like something I found very fascinating. Humans are born with two fears. Everything else is taught to you. Somebody taught you that. The innate feel. I'm not saying like there's other ones that actually naturally happen. I'm not making this an abs, absolute statement. But the two fears that you're born with is loud noises and heights. That's something that you're actually born with. Everything else will all about it. Why are people afraid of the dark, bro? Because somebody's taught to me, if you take a little kid and I use it as an experiment, lock him in a dark room. The kid is just going vibe. But go yell at a kid. What does he do? He goes like, take a kid and put him on top of a refrigerator. What does his legs do? He starts to shake, right? Because everything has been taught to you. So now, now that's the base for my argument. <laughs> Come back to the aspect of like, today if I go to like a household, a nuclear family household that is in Minneapolis, first generation, I go to them in America and I go ask them and the person or the girl is, the guy or the girl are like probably like 22. Okay. And I ask that person, I say, yo, describe your, the love life of your family, of your mother and dad to me. Okay. They will tell you, they would describe this as of like my mom and dad, they, they don't physically show affection, but they are aware of each other. They're aware of their health, they're aware of all that stuff. And if you ask them, is that love to you? They say no. And you say, why? Because they're not physically showing it. There's no affection there. Now, you take that thing, for every repeatable problem, there's a repeatable solution. The same problem, it's not a problem, I'm just gonna call it a problem because I don't know, for lack of a better word. You ask that to another 10 different nuclear families, they tend to have the same answer. Yes mm -hmm. or no? Mm -hmm. My family is like that. Now, you go to Africa right now and you see majority of the people, that's how they showcase love. Literally. You don't see physical affection. You don't see like actual buying flowers, all that stuff. But to them, those people, that's how you're supposed to be showing love. And when they see a Western form of love, which is like, where's this act of service? Yo, where's the act of They'd be like, something is wrong with them. Right? Because it's two different worlds that are colliding. Yeah. But my question is, which is the real form? <laughs> neither of them. Why? I'm not neither of them. Both of them. Neither of them? No, I'm, I meant both of them. <laughs> I don't know. I'm saying neither of them is the real because form. Because that one has been to you. Like the same way, the same way that us Western, like uh, the Western cultures taught us this specific way to form life. We all make where it's, a, where it's an anniversary, go get this you gift, and cool. other stuff. But the people in Somalia are actually taught, like, sh like on a day-to-day -day basis, like you are aware of your barka. Your words of affirmations are there, stuff like that. But that's what they're taught. So meaning that from that point of view, that's how they see it. Perception is everything. Like when, when he told me, when he said, yo, uh, Mohammed told me this, like the Mayans had thought of dragons, the Chinese thought of dragons, the Africans thought of dragons, the Americans thought of dragons, everybody's thought of dragons, but nobody talked about it. 
Mm-hmm. All of them came to the conclusion. There's some sort of lizard up there. Lizard up around. there going around. And like there's this. one or two. There's one or two things. Either dragons actually fucking existed, and everybody was seeing these things flying yeah. around the sky, or people think the same. The, like you were saying in the beginning of the episode. Yeah. There's there's a limitation to our imagination, and Which, that limit. And because we run into that roadblock, yeah. we start telling the same stories over and over yeah. again. It's the same reason that the Lion King, and and Hamlet. Or Hamilton or whatever Hamlet by Hamlet, Shakespeare. Yeah, Hamlet. It's the same shit. It's the same exact story. It's just lions doing it. I heard the conspiracy is that it's not conspiracy. The seven stories. Bro, there's like 31 seven ways stories. to tell a story. Yeah, and you can never go out. There's no 32. Yeah. Like every Shrek, story you tell, Shrek forms and, a 31. Uh, and Romeo and Juliet, same shit. If you deeply really think about it, it's same yeah. shit. It's two different people who are from two different places. Is there original? Not to be, is there original? Every love story is like that. We're not supposed to be with each other. And they end up yeah. with each other. They're, I'm going to take you to a far part. Oh, no, Squidward. Yeah. Bro, this is, bro, this Titanic. Was. Titanic is, and Romeo and Juliet. It's the same, it's yeah, the same, same thing. thing. Because there's 30, what, 31 ways to tell a story. There's, well, like, every story you've ever heard of falls in 31 categories. I don't know off the top of my head, but they fall into 31 ways of telling a story. 31 or something. But I know it's like 30 something. Mm-hmm. There's no 32. There's no 33. There's 31 ways of telling a story. So that means if for some reason... God ordains you or blesses you with that with the 30 second way of storytelling, you are gonna sell tickets, bro. Because everything else falls under that specific thing. That's why people perfect one. Why does it happen though? Because you know, we have a cap to our imagination. We think like we our have imagine- a cap to our what also. So wait, what do the we range mean? of emotions we can feel? Exactly. There's a cap to the range of emotions we can feel, right? Well think so about because the- that because there's a cap to the range of emotions we can feel, the thing that he was saying earlier of there's this kind of loving and there's that kind of loving, people who have never experienced that kind of loving will still know, hey, this is some sort of loving, yeah. but it's wrong. Yeah. I don't do that. Or yeah, ask I the question. This. But he said he would. That's why I'm asking. That's why that was the answer to my question. My, the answer to your question is they're both right. It's just about perception. They perceive these people as wrong, just like these people perceive that thing as wrong. But at the end of the day, the only thing they're arguing is semantics, it's not the idea of love. Everybody, whether you like it or not, believes in the yeah, idea love, of love. Yeah, love is natural. Love is there. Love is natural. Love exists. And you know the best part? But they're both real. Marketing, okay? <laughs> when something is not tangible, meaning it's not able to be measured, you can bullshit it. Valentine's Day? Yeah. Okay. 100%. So here is it. So February meaning, 14. like for example, the idea for like love cannot be measured because it's not tangible. We can't measure the amount of love that you have somebody. You can bullshit about it. If you're talking to a girl... No, we're not gonna go on promoting haram stuff. If a friend of yours, you would say, Yo, I love you, bro, for the sake of God, mm-hmm. but you don't because he has beneficiary, he's beneficial to you on a day to day basis, you're gonna say that. But who knows if you're telling the truth or not? Only you and God know. God and you know, right? In the right order. So here comes the aspect of it. For example, marketing comes to you, says, Hey, come buy the specific thing because it's gonna make that person feel good. It's like the idea of Mad Men, which I talked to Muhammad about earlier, which was Mad Men, there's a script, but this is like, this is the epitome of amazing writing. Mad Men goes to this one lady, right? She's like a boss of a specific company, but he's an ad agency, he's an admin, right? He made her mad, yada, yada. He's told, yo, go, go apologize. So what does he do? He goes up to the girl and he says, yo, I'm here. You know, I'm here. I'm here to apologize, yada, yada, yada. And he asks the question, this like this it was uh, this show is predicated on the early like seventies late early, late eighties. He goes up to her and he says, "Hey, let me ask you a question." He says, uh, "Do you have any kids?" Yeah, no. And he asks the girl, "He says, are you married?'" She says, "No." And he says, "Do you mind if I ask you why not?" Right? And he says, "I'm not married because I'm not in love." Okay. And 
Don, Donald Draper takes a cigarette. He puts it down. Cinematic sequence. He says, she's not. He's like, she's not married because she's not in love. He says, let me ask you a question. Is it because you're not feeling that rainbow feeling or that? He describes like the, the actual goosebumps, feel, goosebumps yeah. all that stuff. She says, no. He says, do you know why you don't, you don't feel that? It's because feelings like that are made by guys like me who wear suits so they can sell you laundry. <laughs> Amazing writing, right? Hell yeah. <laughs> so I don't know why I went to this tangent, but, but it's the idea of like, you can sell it now. It's not tangible. You can sell it in any way that you want. That's everything though. If you cannot measure it, you can bullshit it and you can make money out of it. But I disagree with him. I actually, in a way, agree with him. In a way, like there's some things that are like just. What did he say? He said, guys like him wear suits. So and, they can sell you lingerie. And make up feelings like that to sell you lingerie. Yeah. Along those I lines. I think what, what they actually do is guys like him capture feelings like that in a bottle and finesse it and move it around. Yeah, in a way. It's, like, it's like, yeah. Buy but it right goosebumps, here. Getting goosebumps because you see something and you're like, Nah, bro. Nobody makes that up. No, no, no. That's it's, a real thing. That's that's. How about this? How about this? Let me let me rephrase it. Let me explain his no, phrasing. But it's like, He's but saying you make it up, but like let's just say like when you're a kid, right? And you saw an ice cream truck. You create the no, interpretation no, no, for no, it. Look, you, see, you see an ice cream truck, right? Yeah. They made that certain noise, right? As a kid, when you're in the crib and you heard that noise going down your street, you had a certain emotion. Yeah. He created that emotion. Based off like no, he didn't create the emotion. No, he but created like he the made thing you, that caused he, the emotion. But he caused it, right? Yeah. So that causing of it made him cash. So he knows when to invoke that emotion. Facts. That, that invoking of the emotion is what marketing is. That's true. But he's yeah. I mean, what but I'm what saying, saying he's acting like he's the creator of that emotion. He's not. It's not that he's a creative emotion. He's saying all those emotions come together for one specific hurrah moment. It's not. Yeah. It's not. It comes at different times, and different emotions come at different times, and they're spread out. So you're not getting one specific, all of them at so once. So you don't think it's That's like, what love bombing is, right? It's not like they in the movies. They say on Twitter, they say, girl, stay away from guys that love, give you love bombing, right? To give you all the attention in the world, everything in the first like 15 days, and it goes away. And you wonder what's wrong. He is the problem. My podcast, how about you? Who love bombing? Yeah, love bombing. bombing. And the opposite too. Trauma dropping, trauma, what is it called? When yeah. people just come to you and they just... Oh, let me ask you a question. I already have my own problem. so many stories to tell. I don't know what I to I think you sit in there like, money. Uh, fuck enough but, but, but this, I don't know yeah, but the ice cream worth it though yeah yeah. It was, was the ice cream date worth it ice cream like do you, you have, like, like ice cream yeah. like the person's just telling you all the traumatic experiences they've been to so that they can make a bond with you yeah. and you're eating ice cream so you're like damn this is no because is it ruins the ice cream it makes this ice cream melt you're just like yeah I think the way I'm feeling affects everything it affects everything. If I'm feeling shitty, the food I eat just tastes disgusting, bro. And if I feel amazing, well, like, give me a peanut butter jelly sandwich. I'm about to be like, yo, what the fuck, bro? What kind of jelly y'all got in here, man? This shit is cracked. Does it not come to fear? For example, like feelings, right? Okay, so I want to tie this specific, like I, when you feel something, you're able to market, like for example, clothing. Clothing is a perfect example. Shout out to all the clothing brands in Minnesota. We're one right now, Underdog. Big shout out to Ish. Um, 
people sell you things so that you can project a specific class or feeling so that other people can envy you. That's why there's a class system. Your airport is a class system. Your housing is a class system. Your equipment has a class system, right? Everything is a class system. Why? Because <laughs> George Carlin is a comedian that said this. He said, there's three classes of America. There's the high class, middle class, and low class. The high class are there to take money from the middle class and the low class. The low class are there so that they scare the shit out of the middle class to not be like the low class. Okay? So that they make them work. Because if you're middle class, you don't want to be broke or live outside. So you go to work. So the high class gets so everybody has a purpose there. Okay. It's, he says it in a much more What's funny the high bit. class is purpose? High purpose is to steal from these two classes. Oh. <laughs> right. It's a pendulum. It's like, it's like a. I mean, what's the low class's purpose? Low class purpose is to scare the shit out of the, the middle. middle class. And then the middle purpose is <laughs> it's to, to push the economy forward. Wow. What a, like capitalism. <laughs> the the <laughs> capitalism is bitch and a half. <laughs> I'm a socialist. <laughs> God damn it. No. So it's, it's a class system. So that's where clothes and stuff like that come. You project a specific thing, right? So clothes, so for example, shout out to all the clothing brands, right? The clothes is like every single clothing brand is selling you clothes. Yes or no? They're selling you. I'm selling you a hoodie. Mohammed's selling you a hoodie. Hamza's selling you a hoodie. Harad, and my guy, all, all the five brands are selling hoodies. But why are people pro gravitating towards you, Hamza? Why? Because I'm the shit. Like that you, of course you're the shit, okay? <laughs> but it's not about the, because of the brand clothing anymore. We reach a different level. When you reach a, a status of the Rick Owens of the world, it's not about your quality of your product. It's not. By the way, I think his clothes are fucking, his fucking ass. But he, do, okay, okay, okay. I want to I talk about Rick Owens, right? Rick Owens is too garbage, Rick bro. Owens well, purposely, I got this with Rick look Owens up. makes purposely clothes that are actually odd. And he does it on purpose. But I'll get to why he does that, okay? Well, what was I saying? Why, why do people make so, why do people grasp? Why do people gravitate? Yes, yes, is not it. Well, I've been, and he sells out. Saying. Rick Owen sells out. That's but, just 2K, bro. Yeah. What you're looking at right now. Yeah. 5K, 4K. Yeah, he doesn't sell like. Yeah. He's a thief. Go ahead. He's not a thief, actually. I consider him a marketing genius. Uh, yeah. But why are people buying. Why are people buying your clothes? Because you know why? It's not about the clothes anymore. It's what's the message behind it. What are you promoting? What is the intangible thing that I can measure that you can shout give? Shout out to Sony brand. Are you, are you, yeah, a shout out to them. Actually, I recently followed them too. Shout out to them. Cool. Yeah. But what is the thing that you're selling that's intangible that can, I can perceive to other people and project to other people that there's no way to measure that? So what's the, what's why we say stop the cap? Stop, stop the, the cap. cap. But Rick Owens is selling you a hoodie. The, the joints right here, that's supposed to be your shoulders are all the way right here. Do you know why? Because he can, first of all. And second of all, he's Rick Owens. And so you will buy it. You will buy hip, you buy jeans by Rick Owens that are tight on your crouch, wide as heck on your ankles. Do you know why? Because mm. it says Rick Owens, you're portraying a specific kind of, kind of like, a, uh, like a lifestyle around. Now, this is going to be the million dollar question. Obviously, you probably won't have the answer because you probably wouldn't be sitting here with us. But how does someone like get to that point? Or how does someone actually... Do it. We're to a point where it's just like, yo, I need their stuff. I can tell you how to do it, actually. Go ahead, brother. How do I know? I'm working uh <laughs> You really push your iPad. Yeah, we like we were really yeah. trying to get out the um... <laughs> Neil, I'm broke side. Gotcha. Fuck. Yeah. So what to do with these podcasts, bro? We just gotta figure yeah, out how yeah. to get paid, man. One of the things 
Can't really, <laughs> Can't really say that after that one. <laughs> What's funny? Uh, the question or the response? Or our reaction to the response? Have to ask me that question. Yes. Oh, wow. Ask me that question. <laughs> what do you think of Khanisinta? No English, Somali. <laughs> That's a good one. Are we started? Yeah. I think I'm ready. Go ahead. Do your oh, best. What was my question? What were we talking about prior? What were we talking about? But we have touched. This is probably one of the most versatile conversations. <laughs> we have touched so many things, man. Uh, can somebody please? We were talking about Rick Owens. You know when? Uh, you know when uh, like Dave Chappelle said Rick James, bitch. Rick James, bitch. But I told my friend, right? I said Rick Owens, bitch. <laughs> and they probably didn't get the, get the reference. I always say everything that's a celebrity on the news. Yeah. I always look at it. And I say, who the who the fuck gives a, who cares about what Ja Rule got to say? And people oh, yeah. were like people first thing I think was who's Ja Rule, and I bet like, this is I, I don't even want to explain, bro. It's rules the yeah. joke. What a dope. That's true though. Who cares yeah. about Jarrah? Earlier, yo, Hamza, earlier you wanted to say something, you said we're not going to come back to this if I go. What was that you're trying to say? Okay, so like let's really have a conversation, right? Okay. And let's like really talk about this. Mm-hmm. Like for real, for real, right? The idea that that I feel like we've all come far, right? I'll show we college degrees, right? <laughs> he just got his. You know, he's working out the kinks of being a... Adam, bro, the guy's an Augsburg alum, fam. Yeah, but like he has the Augsburg, bro. But like, can y'all believe like four, Big five, a gang. six, seven generations ago, like our people are like praying for like rain. <laughs> and like the idea that it's just crazy to me. Yo, so me and this nigga, right? Me and Hannah, I'm gonna put Hannah under the bus, right? So I've been watching. <laughs> yo, listen though, I've been watching this documentary, right? And it could be complete bullshit, <laughs> but I want to have a conversation on it, right? It's the idea of like, yo. Somali history, like the, the actual essa, like pure, right? Uh-huh. Only goes back so far. Yes. And the idea of like, yo, generations ago, we believed in, was it was it a being or a walk. creature? Or a walk. Walk. Right? What, by the way, I don't know if this is true is or not. True? Do not. Do not run around quoting me. Where did you Google this? Muhammad Salad, Muhammad Salad said that uh, Somali's generations ago. He said it. It's true. It's factual. I'm kick your ass if you say that shit. I'm just saying that's what, what I heard. What are you guys right? asking? So like, it's not, <laughs> the thing is, is I'm not asking you a question. The reality of the situation oh. happens is the closer me and him get together, the, the less <laughs> shit makes sense. So like, listen though, walk, right? Have you heard of walk before? No. Have you worked Ayala before? Do you know what the word barwak means? Barwako? Yo, see this why this is my nigga. Do you know what barwako means? Barwak like blessings, right? Yeah. From what? What's the root word in there? Walk. Walk, okay. So basically, it, it means walk brings rain. Okay. But walk, like the bringer of rain. So, our, so now, I'm going to say our people, but ancient, ancient people saying? in yeah. that area used to like dance for rain. There are people, they bro. They used to ask okay. walk, right, for rain. And then when, when it did rain, it was called but blessings from rain, from walk. Mm-hmm. Bro, I found that highly fascinating. I'm not going to lie. Oh, okay. The, okay, it, okay, okay. It's just I, like I the it. topic of just like, damn, I didn't know I that shit was crazy. A question. I'm like, okay. No, no, no. There was no question. To it. It was just, no, no. What do yeah. you think about that? How do you, what do you, think? <laughs> How do you, you feel? Know, I actually something that I, counter question. The question with the answer is your question. Fascination. That nigga whispered that shit. The camera caught everything. Right. <laughs> no, like, don't you get to, like sometimes do you, do you guys ask yourself questions like how did something originate? Yeah. Like how did this? How it's did usually this, words? How did this be? 
right? Like one of the things my brother always asks me is like, how does language, how is like language originated from? Like how are we able to have so many vocabs on a specific language? Not only are we doing that, we have to deal with different languages. Mm. You want to know a language fun fact? Uh. British people are the ones with accents, not us. Did you know that? I did not know that. So, so in Great Britain, the way we speak right now is the way they used to speak. We came over here to America, not we. When I say we, I'm just saying yeah. the white, siding with the, the white Americans, <laughs> the, the white Americans. But like basically, they came over here with the same accent that we're speaking right now, and they just kept that accent. Obviously, it sounded a little bit different. Like you know, what I'm saying it's a couple hundred years mm-hmm. in between it. They didn't have ebonics and shit. They were <laughs> ambulance. Ambulance. You know Yo, I just want to throw this in there, bro. Mm-hmm. Ohio is the accentless state. What does that mean? The, the Ohio doesn't have an accent It does bro Anyways let me get back when to my point When you talk to somebody from Ohio Do you detect accent? Yes I definitely detect accent from Minnesota 100% Ooh. Yes because, Oh my yes. god Hamza yes. An hey. accent The definition of an accent it just, it just means that I look at you And I think you speak differently than I do When so, you look at someone from fucking the, But what the, I want to know is like, What do we say different? of Texas yeah. They used to be Oh yeah You know Panabi Mush Blouse If you but go on it like, You look at you, me like Damn bro okay, speaks what, weird what, 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 If he looks at you from Ohio He's like Fuck wrong oh, with this nigga Why does he speak like that? What, you have an accent What perks your ears and say That's weird just the way you speak. Um, Explain it. Someone from Minnesota, Minneapolis, speaks different. You guys don't have an accent, bro. You there. know that, right? What do you mean? Me and you sound the same right now. I there is no the difference. state of Minnesota. So what oh, I mean, oh like, yeah, because good. people from up north in Minnesota, we speak like this. Stereotypes. Oh yeah. Is that what you want? Okay. Ohio, man, how do they speak? They're oh, this. yeah, I'm pretty sure if no, I go to the like, if I go to like oh, the outskirts of Ohio, oh yeah, no, 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 everybody in everybody in Boston doesn't speak like that. Coffee, they don't. That's just the accent for Boston, but niggas speak normal. <laughs> he's like, he's really, like, he's it's really wrong. mad. Like he's really mad. It's true. It's true. Bro, Ohio has really an accent. What is the accent? I don't know what it is, but it is. You're trying to tell me in a in a in an era, right? Where you consume so much content and so many different types of people out of on your social media, you would have already found one by now. Yes or no? What the hell are you? Go ahead. You're not gonna f- it's like the accent state. We're the closest in terms of pronunciation to the dictionary, Ohio is the closest in America. Is that, is that like is this an actual It's actual, actual well, I'm, not, I'm not even making this up. Does the Ohio have an accent? Well, remember how it, in like, terms, Ohio has three distinct accents midland, inland, north, and southern. But experts allow plenty of room for variation that are unique even down to your town, according to Catherine Cumble Kibler as an Ohio State University linguistic professor who specializes mm-hmm. In Ohio accents. Hey, Isn't facts. Google a bitch or lie? Fuck. Fuck your whole shit. Because up. before Google time, I would have said, brother, you're probably white. You, you, know, know, you, know, you know, I don't have time to go down to the library. This is going to my greater point. Yeah. We live in an era where you can prove yourself right as well. Yes. This is also an error. But this <laughs> nah, he's going to search up to. Con- it's also conf- it's confirmation bias because he's going to look up. Ohio doesn't have an accent. Question mark, and then it's gonna give up the results. It's gonna say, yeah, Ohio is the one of the only is the only states out of fifty that doesn't have an accent. So is blah, anyone blah, blah. ever right anymore? Yes, bro, I'm right all the time. That's how it works. Okay, and everybody else is wrong. <laughs> Yo, isn't Google what? Confirmation bias. Yeah, that's how it works. It depends on how so you, you search found it already. Yeah, yeah. I actually read an article you, okay, about it. It's on PBS. What did you PBS. search? And what did you search? I want to see the difference. I want to oh, see I how said, biased y'all searches were. Let I me said, see what uh, you searched. Is Ohio the accentless state? Yeah. And I, I searched... 
And so I searched. Does all have an accent? How does many accents does accent? all have? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It works Bro, that that's way. That's a good question to Hamza. Is anybody tell the truth anymore? Is anything that's factual? Why, that's why my name is Hamza the truth. Yeah. Because you always tell. No, because I realize no one's ever really telling the truth. So it's just you might as well. Yo, yeah. you know, like the problem with only having two cameras. When I don't, I, I have ADHD, bro. It's, it's bad. When I'm not on camera and you or him is speaking, I do fuck shit. Because I know, yo, <laughs> you I'm not talking. talking. Yeah. I do stupid shit. Like I pick my nose, ag shit. I forgot me and him, we all were <laughs> So this nigga speaking, I'm doing stupid shit. I think it's so yo, fam. You gotta be aware. But yeah, man. But I, love, though. I have a question. <laughs> we, have a, we have a segment on the show called Let's Get Practical. Oh, let's do it. Right? Where we ask people practical questions and we hopefully gain knowledge from them and our viewers learn something new. So, somebody's at home watching this. Let's say 10 years ago, Hamza is watching this. And he has just an itch in the back of his head that, damn, I want to write scripts and become a filmmaker and create content. Right? What would he want to hear that would sp give him that spark to do it? Oh, I'll make it hypothetical. Because 10 years ago, I did not care about this. So. Okay, five years ago. Yeah. Even five years ago, I didn't care about it. But we'll make it hypothetical. Mm. Um, the only thing that I probably would tell awkward silence. <laughs> Yo, can you let the nigga think? I've been my bad game. I'm pulling the Charlemagne right now. Oh, to watch this. Thinks deep. Thinks okay. I would tell him to actually consume movies for what they are. Don't analyze it. Like and just enjoy it. Just enjoy it because when you, it's like when Tarantino said, if you really love films, you cannot not make a good film if you really care about it. Meaning, if you really care about it, you will do the research, you will do the extra effort of what you're working at, the stuff like that. Mm. Because when you enjoy something, that's what you know if you actually care about it. When you care about it, you put an effort to it. So just enjoy for what it is. Which is, I did that. So, why well, we're just sitting here like, damn, it's nice. Yeah. Bro, filmmaking is the greatest form of art. Like it's it's a uh, for the people that are looking for hobbies and stuff like that. Just give it a try. Give it a try. Think of an idea. Bring it to life. You will be bad. First year, second year, even your tenth year, you will be bad. But that badness is significantly less than your first badness. That means you're showing progression. Only chase progress. Progress. Don't chase perfection because you'll never reach that. But if you chase slow progress, it's like a the feeling that I get, I wish I could actually take that feeling and put it into people and see what are you gaining out of it? Because it's a, it's a, something that is unmatched, bro. It's a greater feeling. Come into a set, work with different people and tell your vision and they even make it better for you or they tweak it. Some good ideas, some terrible ideas, but you would have never heard that terrible idea because you were by yourself. Do you have a backup plan? Degrees, bro. <laughs> That's literally my backup plan is the degrees. You know how amazing that sounds, though? Yeah. Like, yo, I'm going to go live out my dream, but nigga, I got the yeah. degrees to well, the sole reason I even did computer science is just backup. Blah, blah. That's, I'm not, but I'm not expecting to, make, I'm not expecting to monetize my stuff out of out of film, no. I'm doing it for a selfish reason. I want to wake up in the morning and go watch my film. Like, damn, that's good, bro. What's next? What's success, though? Like, for real, for real. I don't, so success is full, bro. You can't, you can't define that, man. Because if you define it once you attain it, then what? All right, so then what can you say? Like, let's just say for real, you woke up one morning and you were thinking about your life. Mm -hmm. What would be a, damn, I'm glad I did everything I wanted. I want to, okay, 
Is that success? Yeah. <laughs> Tag team. I wouldn't define success truly. I wouldn't define success truly to to that. It's not tangible, but I would say like the damn moment would be like, I'm making art, bro. Like I'm making things that I'm enjoying, and I, and I look back. I look, I look back, not for contentment, but for nostalgia. Like that was good, but rather thinking of like, yo. I got so much better at this. Now I'm getting better at it based on the progress that I've seen. I want to be in a constant state of creation at all times. That's something I want to, I want to be obsessed. I'm not obsessed yet. I want to be obsessed with my craft to a point where that's like, there's like consumption. It's like, not consumption, like working at it, making something better, progress. Like, I actually like to mess up. I really do. Because that mess up teaches me more than actually what I've done, done good. And I like to like learn, bro. Actually, I am the, my greatest thing that I hope I never lose is my hunger to learn, bro. Like I hope I never lose that. Dumb things interest me, bro. I wrote a dialogue about pistachios. You could have seen the film. I actually researched that, bro. I did not know pistachios cost so much money. What? Yeah, they're dummy, throw, they're dummy expensive. They're dummy expensive, but I would have never known that. It tastes delicious, though. Yeah. Really, I really think, yeah. I really think you that. Like, uh, how do you taste? I really think peanuts are better, to be honest. Yeah. Hamza, what do you think? Honey roasted peanuts are taste much better. I, I also think that, wh why why do different flavored nuts taste, taste, pause, <laughs> cost different yeah. money? Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. Why do... <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like this guy a lot. <laughs> yeah. But, but that's the thing though. It, it keeps uh, you... That's his dialogue. Yeah, it's my dialogue, yeah. I'm... Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna let you read the dialogue because it's something I... My, my editor doing, for the so first time... I'm this man I'm doing, just straight um, up... This is your project. So he's just straight up reading it. I'm doing... For thousands I'm of doing, individuals. I'm doing subtext okay. of subtext. Yeah. Isn't that meta? Yo, I hope... <laughs> Yo, this guy's a finesse with words, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, um... I'm still shocked about the whole walk situation, but... That's yeah. just me. We can talk about it. Niggas was dancing for rain. That's <laughs> 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 not, but it's just like, <laughs> damn. Niggas was twerking for rain. Can I ask you guys a question? Let me. <laughs> yo, man, we all cancel the show. It's, yo, it's been nice working with you, pal. Because, <laughs> look, why, why do you guys do what you guys do? What? Why do you guys do podcasting? So that, honestly, for the money. So I can be an okay. asshole on camera? No, like, what's the genuine reason? Why do you do it? I do it to have like, well, I'm not going to lie. Do you know how like passionate you are right now about just cameras, right? Yeah. And the idea that you broke down a camera into separate components yeah. and you say, yo, this is the brain, right? And the lens is the eyes, right? And you broke down the lens in itself, right? And you said, yo, the lens has a prime, right? The yeah. lens has three different components. The prime, the vocal, the zoom, the, the telephoto. Zoom, and then what's the other one? Telephoto. Telephoto. Do you see how like that is in my brain right now? Yeah. That's why I do the podcast. The idea that, yo, like, I can listen to Hamza regardless of what and just learn from this dude yeah. that is so fascinated at a specific craft that anything he speaks of that could be really small is something huge in my eyes because it's small. Because it's like, I don't know anything to it. That's dope. I like hearing myself speak. Respect, man. Yo, and one more thing too, though. This is, this is related to, like, you athletes, right? Yeah. This is something I learned a long time ago. <laughs> athletes, let's go, Mohammed. <laughs> Yo, athletes. Mohammed go, bro. I'm not. But this dude also a D1 triathlon athlete. Yeah. I don't. Wasn't like, dance for you know though. 
<laughs> oh, yo, we. Hey, man. Listen, I have. Do you know how crazy I'm going to tell you about sickness. really dancing. I have a sickness. My sickness is if I, if I, if I look at you and it makes you laugh. I want to just keep pushing buttons to see how much more can I make. Yeah. He's not. I it's not you that. though. It's the fact that I, this nigga is thunder. Like he's not even That's making you doing laugh. that. I'm not trying to be an asshole. It's just, I'm looking at it. I'm like, okay, these niggas are laughing. What else can I say to make these niggas laugh? <laughs> Yo, forget all this. What's another level the, of just the athlete out of thing, right? The athlete thing. Let me sit up. When you're working out on a muscle, right, and you work on like a strong muscle, and you're working it out. Yeah. The gains that you get are minuscule, especially if it's already relatively strong, right? Yeah. But like, if it's not. And it's you're like attacking a weak point. The gains you make there seem way like way bigger, right? In yep. comparison. You you see like you made more progress. Mm-hmm, because you're working on your weakness, right? Yeah. When you have no idea what someone in another field's doing, anything they say is just huge gains. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, okay. You know what I mean? And that's why the podcast. Yeah. Cause just you just talking about something, yeah. To you is just like, oh, it's something small. I've never heard of it before. And why? That's honestly why I started the podcast. And it makes it tangible and it makes it practical. So like earlier when I asked you, yo, what advice would you give someone? I know that I was in a point in my life where I was like, okay, I want to make films, but I have no clue where the fuck to start. Uh-huh. At least now someone is watching this and they're looking at it and they're like, oh, okay. Can I, I can give advice to filmmakers, bro. By all means, go ahead. I can give like a million advices, bro. <laughs> go ahead. Pull out your notebooks. Yeah. Advice number one, bro. <laughs> if you're starting You're gonna be trash Understand that Be okay with that Second advice Understand Things happen In incremental changes Nothing will be better Overnight Advice number three Work on your thing In terms of progress Meaning Is your stuff Getting better And if they're not Getting better Ask yourself the question On why they're not Getting better See things as a matter of fact For what they are Number four Watch people That are better than you Number five Ask questions And never be intimidated By asking questions Number six Actually do it. Don't just sit in a room, think of shots and think of storylines and just play in your mind because you're lying to your brain and your brain takes that as a truth at the end. So actually do it. Do not stop that. And another thing, find enjoyment in what you're doing. If you're not enjoying it, you're going to hate it. It becomes a job. When it becomes a job, you're going to be... You're not going to be producing things at the rate you're supposed to be producing. Number four, don't chase adulations. Don't chase good jobs. Don't chase none of that stuff. Because a guy at the court of Walmart will tell you, good job for your film. But you take that film to actual director, he's going to say that shit is ass. It's like when Tarantino said this. He said, if you're running with 10 people and you're the fastest to 10 people, you will win every single time consistently. But if you race 10 people that are actual athletes, track runners, you will lose every time, but your time will always get better. Mm. All right? So when you see things from that perspective, that was bars. Yeah. Mm, break that, that down. Hold on, gang. That's that's it. that's legit. That's important. Yeah. And they say if God you, doesn't exist. You know, and they and say God, God doesn't exist. They say God doesn't exist. But, yeah. but it, it's yeah. law. So many people are in that trap. Yeah. Especially in this city. Yeah. If you're in a race with ten regular ass niggas, yeah. You're always gonna come out yeah. first, but you're not gonna get better. Bro, Wallah, you know what I do, fam? I look at the industry. I look what I'm in. I look at Hollywood. I'm not lying to you. I look at Hollywood and I say, okay, you guys are at the top of the game, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to do exactly as you do. What editing software did you guys use? What storylines do you guys use? What camera did you guys use? And what actors, uh, the methods do you guys use? I'm going to use that because you're the best at the game. And when that happens, like, you don't even look left and right. Rather, there's a goal that you're trying to attain. And one last thing that I really want to point to is, one last advice I want to say is like, the thing that you're doing 
you have to be, what I say, you have to be obsessed with what you're doing, bro. You really have to be obsessed with it because obsession gives you, it gives context to what you're doing, bro. It's like, there's a different feeling of you sitting down in the middle of a room at 2 a.m. and actually writing where well, you're not getting any payoff from it. But rather, your brain is dopamine. He's like, yo, what would happen if this character did this, bro? Okay, fine. Let's, let me try that. He writes, he talks, he talks, talks. And you write Everyone, the dialogue. He's using a typewriter. He's not yeah, using yeah. like a computer. That's why his <laughs> he's using a typewriter. Bit. Exactly. Kill distractions. But the only reason I have a typewriter is one reason, bro. Because I understood, like, I'm not going to write stuff. I'm using a computer because when I use a computer, I have access to Safari. So it's understanding those things. That <laughs> Yo, we need, a, we need two separate cameras, bro. I can't do this, guys. <laughs> this nigga's a weirdo. Yo, go over there, bro. <laughs> what did I do? Yo, let him ask you this question. What did I do? <laughs> I'm not doing this. I'm, yo, get us another. We need another camera. Bro, Is this what you do when you have your own camera? Yeah, I almost call it fab. Mahad, run it back, please. But Kinti, well, I'm so sorry, bro. This, yeah. What did I do? What about what about Casino? I just scratched my nose, bro. But this nigga had a whole ass little episode. Oh, I was scratching my neck. Leave <laughs> 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 it, nigga. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's okay. Yeah. What were we talking about? See, bro, I, I told know. you the closer we get to each other, yeah. the the more crackhead energy goes up. He just had up. a spasm. How do we're literally touching each other? So the crackhead energy is on 140, bro. Yeah, you know bro. when Virginia and Goku fusion, <laughs> huh? So that's how that is. One person yeah. bought But yeah, bro, but that's... I'm running out of words, bro. But that's yeah. that. Wallahi, be like, if you're a filmmaker, if you're interested in filmmaking, Wallahi, pause this. Photography rewind. as well, bro. Photography, pause it. rapper. Rewind no. and rewatch this Stop shit. Me. And like... Write down what this nigga is saying because it's just, it's a million dollars worth the game. Shout bro, out to I Gilly. Feel like there's two things, two components I really want to take out. The first one, and really have my fault. My nails are really long, mm. <laughs> but it's the idea of like, yo, just do it, right? Just do it, Nike. Because you bro. said, if you don't do it, your brain is gonna. You're gonna take that as a lie. You're lying to your brain, and then your brain is really gonna take it as truth. Yeah, and your brain rewards you for not going there, so he's gonna be like, "Oh, you're good. Just take it. Oh no, tomorrow you didn't punish us. Okay, don't worry. Actually, he's actually telling the truth. So stay there." That's hard as hell. And the other thing was take take everything at face value. Yeah, take things. I want you to okay. When I say that, that things be what they are. Don't read into it. It's like when David Chappelle says, "Reading between the lines." Don't do that. Things are what they are. We tend to like give context to things that really don't deserve context and analysis to things that don't really deserve analysis. And we're like, "Oh, my brain is going somewhere." No, your worst enemy is your brain, bro. It really is. Get up, go in the middle of the sun, 12 o'clock, get yourself a film camera, get yourself a roll, get yourself a group of people, put a sunshade, record, fail, put in front of a people, get battered, come right back because that's the essence of learning. The one of the things that really pissed me off about like people in general is like any anytime that somebody says, hey, um, they tell you, oh, nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. But the, anytime that you, sh you showcase imperfection in anything, yo, nigga, scarra. Mm. But you're preaching that nothing is perfect. Mm. Is it such an oxymoron? It don't make sense. No. And they say God doesn't exist. And they say God doesn't exist. Bro, one last thing to the, they say that God doesn't exist, bro. Once you think, things that, that like, I'm thinking the, from a coding perspective, but I'm putting like a non-coding perspective. Your ability to actually think this, bro, it's very, how do I say this? So complex. Your ability to, let's say I'm sitting out right now, right? I had the thought to get up, go to the fridge, grab myself water, and come right back. And my body is doing exactly what my mind said to do. Not only that, and they say that God doesn't exist. Not only that, 
your ability to comprehend very complex conversations, very complex ideas, implement it and make it better. And they say God doesn't exist because your mind is one of the greatest assets in the world. People hate to think. And when people hate to think, people like to just sit down and lay back. When we sit down and lay back, we say the world is ending, the world society, yada, yada, yada. Because we have literally destroyed our brains in terms of like the ability to think. God told you, fit kid, bro. Not told you, but he's giving you the capacity to actually think, bro. Make thought a day-to-day basis. Exercise that brain of yours. How do you exercise that brain of yours? By doing different things that actually comprehend that. One of the things like, for example, is actually like they say, you know, when you read the Quran, fam, every time you read the Quran, you're learning different stories. You you might see the story of like Nabi Yunus one time, well then known, right? They says, you, you read the story one time, but the second time you read it, it's like something even greater because it's a subtext of the Quran is the greatest subtext I've ever seen. Now when you want to read between the lines, right? When you see that you're actually at a state of thought, we ask ourselves why the imams of the past are actually have such high capacity of thinking. Why were they able to produce so many things? Because they killed their distractions. They try their best to kill distractions. Ima- uh, I'm not going to say that because it's not a fact, right? So those are the things like we have to push our brains. They're like, oh my God, bro, back in the day was different. The reason back in the day was different in a happy, in a, in a happy accident way. They didn't have the internet killing their times. Going to the bathroom, you're on TikTok for like an hour and a half. They didn't have that. They used the bathroom and they got out. And literally, think about how many times are you wasting on the bathroom for using your TikTok? Mm. That's a lot of times, right? When you, it, it compounds. But we ask ourselves, what is different from then and now? The difference is the distractions in your life. Once you actually kill the distractions of your life, you're going, it's like the people that say, your time flies fast. Why does time fly fast? Because you probably preoccupy yourself with things that really don't matter. And, uh, and whenever you take your phone, you're going to be like, why is time not going fast, bro? Why is it so slow today? Because you felt the second, you felt the minute, you felt the hour, you felt the day. Now imagine you take that something productivity and once you get your instant gratification should be for yourself and that would make you do it again over tomorrow, tomorrow, again and, and again and again. You get to a point where you're looking at time like, damn, can you slow down? Exactly. Well, it's that level. That's the level of like your care about your craft to that level that you're about to do. People say they care about the craft, but they're capping. They're telling lies because if you really care about your craft, you'll chase progress. Two words of somebody telling you things is bad will really not get to you. And two people that tell you things amazing will not get you to a high. Neither will you take you to a low if you really care about your craft. Does that make sense? I feel like people don't look like, don't care about crafts as much as they care about flowers. Yes. And th- that, that's like competition really kills you. If you get good jobs all the time, why do it? Why actually go up and do it? I mean, if that's what you want, why do it? If your money's all you seek and you get all the bread in the world, like rappers, their first album is amazing. They get a bread. Goes to shit because that's this what they really wanted. This is the argument, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Of like Tom Brady being great because he's going for championships and Aaron Rodgers just settling for money and fame. Mm-hmm. Right? Conversation for a different day because yeah. I'm going to be get heated, bro. Tom that's not what Rodgers Jr. does. It's the GOAT. Here's the goal. I, yeah, Here's the time. Here's the goal. And then Aaron Rodgers like huge step down because like he's not really big step down. He's worried big step about down, his bro. craft. No, he's not. He's worried about like all of all of them. What was her name? Yeah, Olivia Munn. Yeah, and uh, being in I Game of Thrones, girls, Jeopardy, and hosting Jeopardy. Well, he didn't even get what you said. Imagine yeah. being not great enough. I think Tom Brady could have gotten it. Yeah, he would have gotten the role. hundred percent. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to sit here We tried And Roger Slander Fiddy We tried Yeah bro That's the thing Just care about what you do Work at it Work at it Work at it mm-hmm. Bro what was that one thing though Someone was like yo First Obviously this is an uh, internet thing So ther- Therapy Therapist Anxiety All that are real things But 
this one person was like, hey, things that can help with it, and I believe in it because it works for me, right, is building your muscles, right? So working out, mm-hmm. right? Because then you, you're not thinking, you've worked out. Building your brain, right? So your mind and working on your mind that one day. And also the third thing being, what the hell is it? It was mind, body, and soul. So taking care of something for your soul. If you can like conquer those three components every single day by doing something, mm-hmm. like anxiety tends to go down. Is that true? I would agree. That's that. That is factual. And another thing, like what <laughs> I was gonna tell you, but you explained it way better. I just think one thing that would actually kill all that. First of all, that's first about this thing. What you would do is preoccupy your mind. Once you preoccupy your mind, you don't think about that. And secondly, I want to say is the the thing that really people like tend to not even really care about is. There's a God, bro. Okay? Everything comes down to there's a God. God is telling you there's rules and regulations. You do those things. Do you know why? If you follow these rules, your life gets better? Because God is literally giving you the instructions to life. is telling you to do this. One of the things that we don't actually do is like we don't under Like this is like a different tension would take uh, like an hour to explain. But we tend to expect our kids to actually understand like the deed and all that stuff. But nobody tends to give them explanation of the deen but rather they teach him the deen teaching in terms of like hifd but mahad hifd say what does stand for what is the story that you're trying to teach your kid because yeah because the kid that you actually want you him to understand the deen to they tell you the prophet was the greatest of all time no doubt what was he the greatest of all time at his day to day lives bro what has he done to actually promote that what was his day-to-day lives? How was his health? How was his diet? How was his fiqh? How was his uh, barakah? How did he deal with his wives, his spouses, his hadith and everything? Nobody takes the time to actually teach and understand that. But that's, that will take me like, oh. See, this is why we're going to have you on repeated like multiple times. Yeah. Are you free next month? Are you free tomorrow? <laughs> should, tomorrow we have a show, right? Tomorrow we do have a show. You're leaving. Hey, yo, you've blessed us for like, you've, you're coming from Ohio. Yeah. Shut the Ohio State, bro. So the like, guy, this guy has a lot of time to think about all these things because Ohio doesn't have sidewalks. He doesn't walk anywhere. He drives it everywhere. So that's why he has so much time to make movies. And then when he's going to like the grocery think store about and stuff, life, the Because store. there's no sidewalks. Sidewalks? There's no sidewalks in Ohio. They don't have sidewalks? Don't have sidewalks. Hems has been to Ohio and he can tell you there's sidewalks. There's no sidewalks in Ohio. He knows their side. What did you say earlier? Perception is reality. My and perception. Do, and also, what did you say? Perception, my friend. That's no a comment. fact that their sidewalks. Is Ohio. It's not even a perception. It's a fact. But I'm going to let you have no that delusion comment. though. I'm going to let you have it. Why no need sidewalks when you can drive everywhere? But go ahead. But you guys also like have drive through corner stores. Nigga, that's just some weird shit. That's huh? revolutionary. They have what? Like drive through corner stores. What? What's wrong with the audio? For who? He walks, grabs your tackies for you, gives it to you in your car. But you know why though? The reason is because they don't have sidewalks. Why do you need sidewalks? Why would you go to a gas gas station? Why would you go to a gas station? You can't walk up. You cannot walk up to a gas station, to a grocery store, or anything, if you're walking on the fucking street, you can get hit by a car. Shit, it's yo, dangerous. Yo, Mohammed, so they were like, yo, Mohammed we don't have sidewalks. Attached. Let's make sure okay. that people can stay in their cars and drive through the grocery okay. store. It confirms. Ma- no. I've also been to Ohio and they do have sidewalks. I'm just, I'm being an Mohammed asshole. was literally, he's willing to die on that one boat in the middle of the ocean that's drowning so that he can prove a point. Yeah. 
That's mm. the point of life for me to be right. <laughs> That's yeah. why I exist. <laughs> that uh, obviously before that to worship Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, yeah. and then to cause me him. Yeah, cause I'm an, agent, I'm an agent of chaos. Yeah. I want to. I want. Well, I want to travel with you. Really. Let's not go to like, like any like, any place that we can cause mayhem and get arrested because we'd probably get arrested. All right. <laughs> Why the hell is he saying we? Like, I'm, I'm not the. I got I'm not the one. I'm not I'm not going to jail by myself in no foreign country. Here's with Wait, me. Time, are you I know him. Yo, 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 you would point me out. Absolutely. The guy with the beard right there, right there. Grab him. <laughs> yo, everybody who's probably wondering. Yo, I did. He did too. Grab him. <laughs> hey, yo, if y'all ever wondering why we never traveled, nigga, this why. Yeah. But um. We appreciate you. Anyways, so inshallah, New Year's time, maybe less than that, probably less than that, most likely less than that. We're going to have you back on the show. Inshallah. Yeah. Inshallah. If we're still kicking, right? Where do you see yourself in a year's time? I don't know. I don't want to know. <laughs> Let's keep it at that. That's fair. Yeah. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That's been Ghost Talk. Thank you so much to Hamza from the O. And Hamza, Hamza that tells the truth. I'm Muhammad that talks a lot. See you guys next time. Your sheriff that's in the town. Oh.